bigger beats of pie Hits to the moon like your eye That's amore When you've had too much wine That's amore Bells When the moon hits your bigger beats of pie Like your eye That's amore Manja Welcome to Not A Roy's Nightmare and Era. I'm your Not A Roy, Not A Roy. And I have... And I'm... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm David. Uh, I've been excited to be on this show for a while. Hell uh, yes. You might know me from Tuning Fork, uh, a show which has uh, a grand total of 20 episodes over the course of about a year and a half. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was on one. We talked about Perfectly Smooth Omar. <laughs> perfectly smooth Omar, who gave us the opposite of perfectly smooth brains. <laughs> he Our brains were incredibly <laughs> bumpy and large by the end of that episode. We were sharpening the corners of our brains on the whetstone of him. And that's yeah. why he's perfectly smooth now. Uh, but perfectly smooth Omar, I think, is a lot more comforting uh, than finding <laughs> some spooky sca- stairs in the spooky woods. Because I, I do like to to hear about spooky stairs. Like you you sent me this this creepy pasta, and I had never seen it before. Um, I mentioned that I was into like stories about stuff that's you that starts out normal and then turns weird kind of halfway through. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I grew up in an area with lots of woods, um, yes. and so you know we we had nature hikes a lot in school for <laughs> science class. We lived right by a nature center. And it was always a little bit, a little bit creepy being a kid going into the woods with your class. Yeah. Like we were just collecting pond water to look at under the microscope, but <laughs> <laughs> it is a little imposing. Yeah. We, I grew up, <clears throat> sorry, I'm coughing a lot because I had, I had some, I had a nice, delicious spicy black bean burger for, for dinner. Uh, so Ooh. I have that, I have that post spice cold that you get. Um, yeah. But, As one does, you know. But um, I grew up, and uh, I grew up in a trailer park. I've mentioned this, and uh, we were like, we, our house was at like the back of it, and it backed up to this big cornfield, and it was like edged. <laughs> the perimeter of the cornfield was edged by like some woods, and those were very scary. And there were like a couple of spots inside the cornfield that I don't understand what was happening to this day, but, like, they weren't, like, tilled and developed into, f- like, farmland for no reason. It was just, like, a we would just have, there would just be, like, a big crop of bushes, and then, like, the, the main one was this big, just, like, huge stand of trees, and you actually, like, the reason that this creepypasta resonates with me is that because if you went into that stand of trees... You could actually see the remnants of where a house had been. Uh, you okay. could see, yeah, you could actually see like the the uh, like the brick chimney, like part of that was yeah. still there, and uh, that was pretty creepy. We used to go there when I was a very little child, like entirely to damn little, because all of my <laughs> friends, all of my friends were like, I was friends with my babysitters, and they would like take me out there, and uh, so I'd be like six, and they'd be like ten or twelve. And we'd go out there, and they would scare the shit out of me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that type of shit. But I'm very used to finding spooky things in woods. Very used to going yeah, out and like, being in the woods. I, 
I, I grew up in a kind of more urban area, like um, kind of the suburbs, uh, like the inner ring suburbs of Minneapolis. Uh, mm-hmm. But we went on a lot of road trips kind of out into the uh, the rural areas of, of Minnesota. And just alongside the road, you can see buildings upon buildings upon buildings that haven't been touched in obviously like 90 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My parents have a cabin uh, out like about two or two and a half hours west of here. And it's just in the middle of fucking nowhere. And you go down like this one road to get there and it's just you pass like five half demolished houses from like the 1840s to get there. And they're just sitting there just hanging out. Just nasty. You, you see, like, an old horse-drawn tractor that's on its <laughs> side, and you're like, hmm, hmm, can't be something good that happened there. Yeah, hmm. I wonder why nobody's bothered <laughs> to clean that up. Yeah. Lack of infrastructure out here. God isn't looking in the country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Even though there's all those billboards for God out in the country. <laughs> True. It's God, God has a, deer, a, a deal with Clear Channel out there. <laughs> God's paying for advertising, but he can't afford to actually get the word out that far. <laughs> He's got to take the discount spots. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're reading, uh, commonly known as The Stairs in the Woods. Technically, it's called I'm a Search and Rescue Officer for the U.S. Forest Service. I have some stories to tell from, uh, r slash no sleep. Yeah, Stairs uh, in the Woods is a little bit more of a catchy title. Yeah, Stairs in the Woods. But it So... Here's something that I learned exactly today. <clears throat> I I had actually like just first heard about this creepy pasta maybe maybe a month ago, maybe like three weeks ago. Uh, for that was the first time I had ever heard of it. I didn't know anything about it, and like I got recommend like the YouTube algorithm said, "Hey, listen to this," and so I did, and it was like a reading of this, and um. Then, uh, just out of nowhere, I just started hearing about it more and more, and people were, like, posting it in the Discord, and, uh, uh, so I thought that it was, like, super new, but no, this shit was Best Monthly Winner 2015 on r slash no sleep. So... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Been around for a while. 14.3k upvotes for Mr. Uh, Reddit user Search and Rescue Woods. And we were talking about the emojis a little bit, the emoji reactions. <laughs> Oh my god, I didn't realize the scary pumpkin winks at you. Oh yeah, fuck. Yeah, that's I that's the in. trick or treat award with oh an exclamation my god. point. There's a funny gloved hand, gloved comedy Looney Tunes hand. There's <laughs> a compass, I guess. There's yeah. a yeah, there's a Congressional Medal of Honor and 86 more. Um I just opened There's that the Faith in Humanity Restored Award. <laughs> What are these? Uh, it's got it's got two separate. If you were looking for an image, it was probably deleted awards. So that's good to know. Uh, it's got a like a hunky bear making a face. Uh, <laughs> it's got a little Reddit angel. It's got the little Reddit yeah. man going into the bush like Homer Simpson. So it really spans the whole gamut of human emotion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what it makes you, you feel? It makes you feel bear. It makes you feel pumpkin. <laughs> it makes you feel Reddit. When I'm when I'm going through the list of possible emotions, when I'm trying to make you know design a new character, and I'm thinking about how to draw all of their emotions, I think, how do I draw them bear? How do I draw them pumpkin? How do I draw them 
uh, rocket-propelled gloved hand, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Everything <laughs> you can think up. of. Yeah. Giving a thumbs up. But um, we're reading this today, and this is a very, 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 very long creepypasta. And uh, yeah. so we're not going to read the entire thing, but um, uh, we're going to read at least the first two parts. We're just going to see how it goes. And then we'll go from there, and hopefully someday we'll get to pick this back up. That would be cool. Yeah, are you still doing uh, popcorn reading? <clears throat> I'm still doing popcorn reading, as a matter of fact. All right. We are I, that, I, I was listening to an earlier episode, and uh, I, I, I had heard from your guest at the time that that wasn't a thing that they experienced <laughs> in school, but I definitely did experience oh, that in school. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember what book it was. It may have been like A Wrinkle in Time or something, reading oh, it in yeah, like that would fifth, work. fifth grade. Yep, yep. God, yeah. we did that with like every fucking book. Yeah. Like, every time we had a book, it was popcorn reading every single time. Yeah, I'd never spoken that much with my little child voice ever <laughs> until <laughs> until it was time for popcorn reading. Yeah. Oh, I hated doing popcorn. The, like, because it was always, I had no friends in school ever. So, like, um, and I would, like, people made fun of my voice a lot. So I hated talking out loud. So anytime I got picked for popcorn reading, it was like when the teacher was like starting out and would be like, government name, you read first. And uh, I'd be like, oh, oh, okay. I guess everybody has to hear my <laughs> voice and make fun of me. Cool. Yeah. So very, very cool. But uh, this is better. This is the evolved form of, of this is the geniuses popcorn reading. Yeah, this one is actually separated by bullet points, it looks like. So maybe we just switch back and forth. Yeah, I think we should points. do that. Yeah. So um, do you want to start out like or do you want work. me to start out? I can start out. Hell yeah. All right. Um, so the title again is, I'm, I'm a search and rescue officer for the U.S. Forest Service, comma, I have some stories to tell. To <clears throat> tell. So I wasn't sure where else to post these stories, so I figured I'd share them here. I've been an SAR officer for a few years now, and along the way, I've seen some things that I think you guys will be interested in. So, <clears throat> so the right first bullet point. Yeah, well, right away, before you get too into it, I'm immediately on the lookout. And I do this with Reddit all the time. I'm, I'm immediately on the lookout for stuff that's going to, like, um, like, stretch my suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Uh, but, like, having read this before, like, I don't think it happens too early on but like for the most part i remember this being like um there are a lot of things in here that make me think that the author like does have some experience actually doing this job and then the thing that veers it off course is like bringing up oh my co-workers saw what i was writing on reddit and i'm like no they fucking didn't <laughs> nobody's co-workers see what you're doing on reddit yeah, like, what What about that job would make you go, like, Google exactly what happened to you that day on yeah. Reddit and find a perfect match? Yeah. Come on. How are you going to find that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's like new employee here, too. And, like, meanwhile, I've been at my job for almost five years. And um, my coworkers, like, know that I have a podcast, but that's they don't know anything beyond that. And, uh, I mean, to be honest, if they find out, I'm very scared that they're going to find out about my, my other podcasts, but that's another story. That's the real creepypasta. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. 
Okay. All right. Um, and yeah, I was noticing that this one, uh, like compared to some other creepypastas, is fairly like well written. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't have like the excuse of uh, the, I guess the guy is fucked up and that's why all the things happened. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it leaves. It leaves a lot to the imagination, which is which is good for horror writing, in yeah. my opinion. I always appreciate yeah. when they when they don't use the the fucked up guy fallback. <laughs> you can put a fucked up guy anywhere maybe yeah. not in stories all the time yeah yeah all right so bullet point one uh i have a pretty good track record for finding missing people most of the time they just wander off the path or slip down a small cliff and they can't find their way back the majority of them have heard the old stay where you are thing and they don't wander far but i've had two cases where that didn't happen both bother me a lot, and I use them as motivation to search even harder on the missing persons cases I get called on. The first was Little Boy, who was out berry-picking with his parents. He and his sister were together, and both of them went missing around the same time. Their parents lost sight of them for a few seconds, and in that time, both the kids apparently wandered off. When their parents couldn't find them, they called us, and we came out to search the area. We found the daughter pretty quickly, and when we asked where her brother was, she told us that he'd been taken away by the bear man. This is the guy experiencing the bear emotion. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, the uh, the bear man thing took me out of it just for a sec when I was first reading this, yeah. because I don't know, like how recently you may have watched Saturday Night Live like oh God. In, in the last decade but <laughs> I um, mean I've watched COVID Super Bowl as we all you have. You watched COVID Super Bowl yes. <laughs> um, so when Bill Hader was on the show he had this character Vinny Vedecci uh -huh. who was uh, an Italian um, like talk show host like late night talk show host um, kind of like a Conan O'Brien type, but he was Italian and he spoke only in Italian <laughs> until the, the guest said, I don't speak Italian. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and apparently they, they were interviewing Seth Rogen. I think he had just done, uh, knocked up and, uh, he, he said, in, in Italy, everyone refers to you as the bear man. God. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Seth Rogen. They just came. Yeah, they came yeah. they came into contact with Seth Rogen in these woods. Yeah, Seth Rogen gave them berries. Yeah, as he so does. <laughs> as he the last she saw of her do. brother, he was riding on the shoulders of Seth Rogen and seemed calm. <laughs> Fun time. Um, yeah. So, of course, our first thought was abduction, but we never found a trace of another human being in that area. The little girl was also insistent that he wasn't a normal man, but that he was tall and covered in hair like a bear, and that he had a weird face. We searched that area for weeks. That about it was bears? one of the longest. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the longest calls I've ever been on, but we never found a single trace of that kid. The other was a young woman who was out hiking with her mom and grandpa. According to the mother, the daughter had climbed up a tree to get a better view of the forest, and she'd never come back down. They waited at the base of the tree for hours, calling her name before they called for help. Again, we searched everywhere, but we never found a trace of her. I have no idea where she could possibly have gone, because neither her mother or grandpa saw her come down. She got picked up by the giant eagle in Lady in the Water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, alright. <clears throat> this one's pretty short, so do you want me to do this one and the next one? Yeah, you can do all right. that. Alright. A few times I've been out on my own searching with a canine, and they've tried to lead me straight up cliffs. Not hills, not even rock faces. Straight sheer cliffs with no possible handholds. 
crave that mineral dot tumbler. <laughs> um, it's yeah, always, these are, yeah, these are uh, Alpine Ibexes, yeah. uh, is your canine. <laughs> God, do you remember that that was Sixpence that made that fucking post? <laughs> God. Uh, ev- everything comes back to Sixpence eventually. God, I wish it didn't. Uh, it's always baffling, and in those cases, we usually find the person on the other side of the cliff or miles away from where the canine has led us. I'm sure there's an explanation, but it's sort of strange. See, this is one of those it's- things, like, referring to a dog as a canine feels very, like you know, government yeah. official type thing. I was wondering about that. Like, it's written in lowercase. Like, uh-huh. are they talking just about a dog? Or is this, like, search and rescue lingo for, like, <laughs> this is the, the name of the procedure when you bring a dog with you? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm going out with a canine today. <laughs> they have a device called a canine. <laughs> it's just a yeah, Roomba. It's, it's a robot dog from 2000. <laughs> it's one of the little plastic ones with the heart eyes. God. I had the cat version of one of those. <laughs> yeah, they didn't do anything. No, they did nothing. Uh, one partic- Cool to look at, though. Very cool to look at, definitely. My brother had, like, a robot, actually, that would... And this was in the 90s. It would, like... Basically, all it would do was, like, it had a tray coming out of its stomach, and it would, like... It could bring you drinks and shit, and that was basically the oh, only yeah. thing that you could do. Yeah, rad. Radio activated. <laughs> who fucking cares? He was cool. We talk about rad radio activated drink. <laughs> radio activated drinkman. Uh, <laughs> one particularly sad case involved the recovery of a body. A nine year old girl fell down an embankment and got impaled on a dead tree at the base. Okay, it was a complete <laughs> freak accident, but I'll never forget the sound her mother made when we told her what had happened. This is some shit that I see in like a worst anime deaths montage. Yeah, like, like yeah. The, this this first couple of the first couple of parts have like lots of people falling to their deaths in different ways <laughs> and like this isn't as far as I can tell this isn't like a nature preserve they can add railings yeah they have a fire tower that that's mentioned later they could they should be able to add some railings so that people don't just die of of fell <laughs> yeah put like a rope you know <laughs> guard up maybe maybe do some safety work there yeah. What are we giving money to the U.S. Forest serv- Service for? <laughs> uh, where the fuck was I? Uh, uh, she saw the body bag being loaded into the ambulance, and she let out the most haunting, heartbroken wail I've ever heard. It was like her whole life was crashing down around her, and a part of her had died with her daughter. I heard from another SAR officer that she killed herself a few weeks after it happened. She couldn't live with the loss of her daughter. I mean, mood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was teamed up with another SAR officer because we'd received reports of bears in the area. It, <laughs> they're ones that aren't Seth Rogen this time. <laughs> Real bears. <laughs> we, bears we in were Seth Rogen suits. A guy. Yeah. We were looking for a guy. You know when you're looking for a guy. <laughs> you know um, you're looking for a guy. New type of bear right. just dropped. <laughs> Found a bear. I I like to make up types of bears for, to myself. Um <laughs> We were looking for a guy who hadn't come home from a climbing trip when he was supposed to, and we ended up having to do some serious climbing to get to where we we figured he'd be. We found him trapped in a small crevasse with a broken leg. It was not pleasant. He'd been there for almost two days, and his leg was very obviously infected. We were able to get him into a chopper, and I heard from one of the EMTs that the guy was absolutely inconsolable. 
He kept talking about he, how he'd been doing fine, and when he got into the top, a man had been there. He said the guy had no climbing equipment, and he was wearing a parka and ski pants. He walked up to the guy, and when the guy turned around, he said he had no face. It was just blank. He freaked out and ended up trying to get off the mountain too fast, which is why he'd fallen. He said he could hear the guy all night, climbing down the mountain and letting out these horrible muffled screams. That story bothered the hell out of me. I'm glad I wasn't there to hear it. <laughs> it was the skier man. Yeah. Yeah. It, so we do have at least one fucked up guy so far. We do have one. But yeah, the fucked up guy count is at one. We'll see. We'll so see. I, I was a little confused about the wording at the end of this one. Like, who was the person being? Who who was the person climbing down the mountain and letting out horrible muffled yeah. screams? Yeah. Yeah. Was the was it the guy who found the faceless guy who was <laughs> letting out muffled screams? The faceless guy is just running down the mountain, <laughs> just windmilling and yelling. <laughs> <laughs> he's having yeah, a just, time. He's flailing his arms around and being like, "It's not my fault if you run into my fists." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, this guy is jammed down into this crevasse, like hoping that he becomes the next 127 hours guy. And then he gets picked up by the chopper and he doesn't get there, and that's why he's inconsolable, because he's not going to get played by James Franco. Yeah, he was just 40 hours guy, almost two days. <laughs> 40 hours guy. <laughs> that's what his name is. Yeah. Uh, one of the scariest things I've ever had happen to me involved the search for a young woman who'd gotten separated from her hiking group. We were out until late at night because the dogs had picked up her scent. When we found her, she was curled up under a large rotted log. She was missing her shoes and pack, and she was clearly in shock. She didn't have any injuries, and we were able to get her to walk with us back to base ops. Along the way, she kept looking behind us and asking why that big man with black eyes was following us. It's is now is this Seth Rogen? Is he big? <laughs> is he's pretty big, but I don't know about his eyes. Is Seth Rogen big? <laughs> Question. It's <laughs> the first result. I just get his big mouth. Okay. <laughs> I mean, how about, how about, how about, is Seth, is Seth Rogen large? How about Was Seth this? Rogen able to pay 25 cents to the Zoltar machine? <laughs> okay, height, 5'11". I mean. Okay. I mean, six foot tall guy looking at Seth Rogen. And Seth yeah, Rogen he, looking he back at him He used to be a eyes. little bit, he used to be a little bit more imposing in like his Pineapple Express days. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, though, he's nice and svelte. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He had to fit into the bear suit. Um, <laughs> uh, we couldn't see anyone, so we just wrote it off as some weird symptom of shock. But the closer we got to base, the more agitated this woman got. She kept asking me to tell to tell him to stop making faces at her. At one point, she stopped and turned around and started yelling into the forest, saying that she wanted him to leave her alone. She wasn't going to go with him, she said, and she wouldn't give us to him. We finally got her to keep moving but we started hearing these weird noises coming from all around us. It was almost like coughing, but more rhythmic and deeper. It was almost insect-like. I don't really know how else to describe it. What? The the woods have COVID. The woods have COVID. Don't go into the woods. <laughs> COVID creepy woods. COVID creepy woods. <laughs> God fucking damn it. COVID creepy woods. Ah. <sighs> Now I have to make that the fucking title of this episode, thanks. <laughs> um, when we were, <laughs> then 
outside of the base ops, the woman turns to me and her eyes are about as wide as I can imagine a human could open them. She touches my shoulder and says, he says to tell you to speed up. He doesn't like looking at the scar on your neck. I have a very small scar on the base of my neck, but it's mostly hidden under my collar, and I have no idea how this woman saw it. Right after she says it, I hear that weird coughing right in my ear, and I just about jumped out of my skin. I hustled her I hustled her to ops, trying not to show how freaked out I was, but I have to say I was really happy when we left the area that night. And then you tested negative for COVID, I assume. <laughs> the the twist is that the coughing was actually just Seth Rogen doing the that laugh he does. <laughs> all of these are seth rogan does this does this count as a fucked up guy did bear count as a fucked up guy i guess like we we have a number of guys so far yeah i think we're i i think i think we can put the the fucked up guy count at three yeah yeah we i i feel like we're we're going to be getting fewer guys and more just weird shit in, in the next couple of in the next couple of parts, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, this is the last one I'll tell, and it's probably the weirdest story I have. Now I don't know if this is true in every SAR unit, but in mine is sort of an unspoken regular thing we run into. You can try asking about it with other SAR officers, but even if they know what you're talking about, they probably won't say anything about it. We've been told not to talk about it by our superiors, and at this point, we've all gotten so used to it that it doesn't even seem weird anymore. <clears throat> Uh, on just about every case where we're really far into the wilderness, I'm talking 30 or 40 miles. <laughs> That's pretty far. Uh, yeah. This is a big that, old... That, that big is a big old. woods. It's big yeah. woods. Yeah. Woods go it's, big. It's, it's little, little SAR in the big woods by Laura Ingalls Wilder. <laughs> uh... <laughs> It, w- at some point, we'll find a staircase in the middle of the woods. It's almost like if you took the stairs in your house, cut them out, and put them in the forest. I asked about it the first time I saw some, and the other officer just told me not to worry about it, so that it was normal. <laughs> uh, everyone I asked said the same thing. I wanted to go check them out, but I was told very emphatically that I should never go near any of them. I just sort of ignore them now when I run into them, because it happens so frequently. That's how you know it's regular and normal. It's regular. <laughs> it's it's regular, Joseph. So this is this is like based on you know how there's woods that grow up around ruins of buildings, right? Like we were it's talking about. Be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's we I've seen pictures of like old decrepit stairways in in the in the woods. Oh yeah, like like stone ones, but these are supposed to be like pristine carpeted ones. Yeah, he. I think he gets into that in the in the next part. Uh, but we have officially reached the part where I get to say, let's fucking go, uh, (laughs) (laughs) because he has said the phrase staircase in the middle of the woods, and I'm, I'm hooting and hollering and making (laughs) lads emoji about it. So, uh, do you want to take this last line and then we'll go to part two? Yeah, I have a lot more stories, and I suppose if anyone's interested, I'll tell some of them tomorrow. If anyone has any theories about the stairs, or if you've seen them too, let me know. Fuck. Yes, let's find out. So let's go to part two. All right. Part two. I wonder where, uh, let me, let me take a look at the, the awards this one's got and see what other, uh, human emotions this one is conveying. We've got Bear again. Um. Yep. We've got Shaking Hands, Reddit Gold Award. What is this thing with, like, the backwards S? (laughs) It looks like a toilet lid. (laughs) I don't think that, I don't think it would be a toilet lid. No. (laughs) I, (laughs) 
It's the, supposedly it's the silver award if you hover okay. over it. Okay. Supposedly being the operative word here. Yeah. All right. I think it's supposed to have like a hinge on it to stick a, a like a string through as if you're going to hang that around the uh, search and rescue woods neck. <laughs> this. What a. Mm, I don't know. That hinge is awfully, <laughs> awfully, awfully abstract. Yeah, it, that- it definitely looks like it came out of a, uh, a Newgrounds Flash cartoon from 2002. <laughs> It looks like it was. It looks like it's carved into a rune or something. It looks like. <laughs> did you did you ever play um uh alchemy? Uh, oh, uh, popcap games alchemy two thousand one or something. Oh, I was thinking of a different game called alchemy, but oh. please go ahead. Uh, hold on. If I can find a screen cap of it, it looks like one of these fucking. It looks like a like a sh- even shittier version of one of these. Uh. <laughs> and I'm here's man. This was a fucking fun ass game, and th- like nowhere on the internet has anybody created a mirror of this thing. And I'm so mad. I don't understand why. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I want to play it. I used to fuck around and play it at my my last job, uh, where I had nothing <laughs> to do. And now when I'm at my n- current job where I have nothing to do. I can't play PopCap Games Alchemy 2001. <laughs> this was when PopCap made games that didn't, like, uh, put spyware all over your computer. <laughs> that weren't just yet another clone of, uh, 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 uh what do you call it? Um, Pirate Poppers? Th- yeah, like Bejeweled <laughs> and that type of shit. It's yeah, all the same yeah. thing. It's all the same thing. It's the same game. It gives you... D- the difference between each game... Is just which viruses it gives you. <laughs> yeah, which uh, Internet Explorer toolbars it sticks on your grandma's computer. <laughs> I I still I closed I closed the tab where I had my my alchemy screen cap search up, and the next one over is my is Seth Rogen large search, and I just <laughs> out of the corner of my eye caught the sight of Rogen had roles in Donnie Darko. He sure did, me? yeah. He what he was the uh he, he was, was like the Don- bully kid. He was in fucking Do- When was he in Donnie Darko? I've seen that movie a bunch of times. What the <laughs> fuck? Seth Rogen, Donnie Darko. Ricky Danforth. Uh, oh my yeah. God. Jesus God. He was one of the two bully kids, yeah. Oh my god. Hold on. I got to look at I got to look at Seth Rogen Donnie Darko now. <laughs> Seth Rogen Donnie Darko. He sure fucking isn't. Oh my god! <laughs> Unbelievable. the The third image result is six mind bending Donnie Darko facts, and I'm <laughs> guessing one of them is that Seth Rogen is in this movie. <laughs> that did bend my mind, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Events in genre warping Jake Gyllenhaal movie remain a mystery to this day. <laughs> oh god. I definitely felt like Donnie Darko warped some genres. I think I think Donnie Darko might have warped some genres. It, it warped the genre of Patrick Swayze movie. <laughs> it warped the genre of podcasts by letting uh, Eddie and Kim do a uh, hall brawl. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, there he is. Just the big red confirmed circle over Seth Rogen's face. <laughs> 
Seth Rogen, as it turns out, is media. As it happens, an entire genre unto himself. Yeah. <sighs> okay, no, this isn't a Seth Rogen podcast. Let's let's fucking <laughs> let's go. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess you 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 finish that one off, so I'll I'll start out part two. Yep. All right. Uh, so I logged back on tonight and was blown away by the staggering amount of interest this seems to have generated. First off, I'll address a few things that you guys have brought up. To address the rumors, uh, there's been an overwhelming amount of people mentioning the similarity between some of my stories and those of David Paulides. I assure you I'm not trying to rip him off in any way, I've got nothing but respect for the guy. He's actually what inspired me to write this, because I can verify a lot of the things he talks about. We do have a lot of these strange missing persons cases, and most of the time they aren't solved. Either that, or we find them in places they have no business being. I personally haven't been on many calls like that, but I'll share a few that I've seen, and a story my friend told me that relates to this. Now, I don't know who this guy is. I don't either. I feel like it's either, like, uh, an actual person, or maybe just somebody else who is a character in a similar creepypasta. David Polites is a former police officer who is now an investigator and writer known primarily for his self-published books, one de- dedicated to proving the reality of Bigfoot and his missing 411 <laughs> series of books in which he documents the disappearance of people in national parks and elsewhere. He attributes mysterious, <sighs> unspecified causes to these disappearances, while data analysis suggests that these disappearances are not statistically mysterious or unexpected to citations. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. So- I don't know why, but my first image of this guy, it have you ever seen the cover of that book that's like tactical flashlight warfare or whatever? <laughs> it, it's just a guy in a a guy in a polo shirt with like a beer belly pointing his uh his tactical flashlight at the camera in like a power stance. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, Hold on, I'm Googling it just to get the reference here. I'm not getting yeah. the actual book, I'm just getting a lot of images of tactical <laughs> flashlights, which is unfortunate. Okay. I um, think it's called, like, flashlight fighting. Flashlight fighting? Yeah. Mother of God, hold on. See, now I gotta see this. Flashlight fighting. Flashlight fighting, how to make your pocket... What? Yeah, that's the one. Oh <laughs> the first God. image result okay. for flashlight fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Elmore, this guy rules. Yeah, I love him. Oh my god. Uh, this guy actually, he looks like a narrower, um, uh, uh, Steven Seagal, kind of, <laughs> in the first image that shows up. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a, god, he's got, oh man, has he got a cop mustache. Holy <laughs> shit. That's just fucking incredible. Yeah, do you think he's one of those guys who, like, He's not a cop, but he reads up on all like the latest cop stuff so that he can <laughs> he can try to be more like a cop with his flashlight. <laughs> it's lucrative. Meanwhile, <laughs> his day job is uh, working as a as one of Tom Selleck's body uh, doubles. Okay, Jesus fucking Christ, this guy's cop stash. <laughs> oh my lord! All right, well, Phil Elmore. You you were the first thing I thought of for David Paulides, <laughs> who is a different person, yeah. but nonetheless. Nonetheless. Uh, <sighs> there was a lot of feedback about the stairs, so I'll touch on that briefly here, and I'll also include a story. They come in a variety of shapes, sizes, styles, and conditions. Some are pretty dilapidated, just ruins, but others are brand new. I saw one set that looked like they came from a lighthouse. They were metal and spiral, almost old-fashioned. The stairs don't go up infinitely, or farther than I can see, but some... St- Sets are taller than others. Like I said before, just imagine the stairs in your house. 
as someone as if someone cut and pasted them in the middle of nowhere. I don't have any pictures. It's never really occurred to me to try again after the first time, and I don't really feel like risking my job over it. I'll try again in the future, but I can't really promise anything. All right. He can't he can't find he can't go and find one that uh that he can take on his own because he knows that people will be able to easily uh reverse image search them. <laughs> he needs to have the Lola Bunny room effect. <laughs> that kind of creeping horror. <laughs> reverse image search, zero results. <laughs> so good. God. Oh, all right. I said no thank you on those stairs to nowhere. <laughs> God. Um, do you want to finish this out and then I'll do this big, huge one after it? All right. Yeah. Um, a few people express confusion about the guy who ran into the man with no face. Just to clarify, when the climber ascended and reached the top of his peak, he saw another man in a parka and ski pants. This was the man with no face. Sorry about the confusing wording of that story. I'll try to avoid that in the future. Not so, the part I, guess, I was <laughs> questioning yeah. the wording of, but okay. Get yeah. your life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to uh, know who was screaming. Yeah, exactly. Then who was scream? Um, <laughs> <laughs> who was scream mask? Uh, okay. You could do a, a Nightmare and Era episode about that, but it wouldn't be very long. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the April Fool's Day episode. Yeah, the uh, who was phone episode. Eight yeah, minutes long. Eight minutes long. <laughs> eight seconds long. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. On to the news stories. Let's fucking go. As far as missing persons go, I'd say about half the calls I get are related to that. The others are rescue calls. People who fall down cliffs and hurt themselves, get injured by fire. You wouldn't believe how often this happens. Mostly drunk kids. Also, if you're playing Haunted Legend of Zelda and you just explode, you catch on fire and explode and die. That happens there a lot. Uh, <laughs> get bitten or stung by animals or insects. We're a tight team and we have veterans who are excellent at finding signs of lost people. That's what makes these cases where we never find any trace of them so frustrating. One in particular was upsetting for all of us because we did find a trace of them, but it just led to more questions than answers. An older man had been hiking alone on a well-established trail, but his wife called to say that he hadn't come home when he should have. Apparently he had a history of seizures, and she was worried that he hadn't taken his medication and had suffered one out on the trail. Before you ask, I have no idea why he thought it was okay to go out alone or why she didn't go with him. I don't ask about that kind of thing, because past a certain point, it doesn't really matter. None of my business, not gonna be a snitch. <laughs> <laughs> good, for, good, good for him. Yeah! I mean, the one thing that I can say that this guy has over David Paulides is not a cop. So, <laughs> <laughs> is a park ranger a cop? Is this person actually a park ranger, or are they like an elite search and rescue unit? I don't, th I don't think he's an alert search and rescue. Hold on, let me go back to the first one. Um... I've been yeah, I never saw the words park ranger anywhere in there. Right, or, you're or right. That yeah. This was actually just, a park. This, this is, is just, just some woods. <laughs> <laughs> Search and rescue officer for the U.S. Forest Service. Okay, so yeah. it's a U.S. forest. It's it's at least forty miles deep. It's a service. Yeah, he is providing the service of search. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Um. Someone is missing, and it's my job to find them. We went out in a standard search formation, and it wasn't long before one of our vets found signs that the guy had gone off the trail. We grouped up and followed him, spreading out in a fan to make sure we were covering as much ground as possible. Suddenly, a call comes over the radio telling us to, to all head back to the vet's location, and, come and we come right away, because this usually means the missing person is injured, and we need a full team to help get them out safely. 
We meet back up, and the vet is just standing at the base of a tree with his hands on the sides of his head. I ask my buddy what's going on, and he points up into the branches of this tree. I almost couldn't <coughs> believe what I was seeing, but there's a walking stick dangling. There's a walking stick dangling from a branch at least thirty feet off the ground. The little strap thing on the handle had been. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. <laughs> this is where you get the behind the scenes knowledge that I'm like fucking terrible at actually reading. Uh, I almost couldn't believe what I was seeing, but there's a walking stick dangling from a branch at least 30 feet off the ground. The little strap thing on the handle has been, has been looped around the branch and it's just hanging there. There's no way the guy could have tossed it up that far and we don't see any other signs that he's still in the area. We call up into the tree, but it's obvious no one's in it. We're all just sort of left scratching our heads. We keep searching for the guy, but we never find him. We even bring our canines out, but they lose his scent long before this tree. Eventually, the search is called off, because there are other calls we have to attend to, and past a certain point, there's not much we can do. The guy's wife called us every day for months, asking if we'd found her husband, and it was heartbreaking to hear her get more and more hopeless each time. I'm not sure why this call in particular was so upsetting, but I think it was just the sheer improbability of it. That and the questions that were raised... How the hell did this guy's cane ended up there? Did someone kill him and toss that up there as some weird trophy? We did our best to find him, but it was almost like a taunt. We still talk about that one from time to time. So So this is the second one that we've seen where someone probably climbed a tree and then disappeared. Yeah. Here's my question, and here's where here's where I'm being Mr. Nitpick. Um like And this is also where I'm going, is this guy a cop? Because like wouldn't the cops get involved at this point? You would think so. You would like, think. It, just because the person's not in the tree anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't just look up into the tree and go, well, can't find him. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's they, not like... They apparently kept searching for it. They they brought their, their canines out, who are probably dogs. Uh, <laughs> probably dogs. But they lost, they lost the scent long before this tree. Um, I mean, you can... You can have a dog lose a sense for many reasons. They do that I, a lot, from what I understand yeah. about dogs. Dog smelling isn't an exact science. <laughs> it's not an exact science. Dogs be smelling. Be smelling is what they I'm getting. They do be at. smelling. Dogs be yeah. smelling. The this. <laughs> I'm just, like, imagining them, like, looking for maybe a couple of hours and then, like, a little bit more the next day. <laughs> but just, like, doing the thing, like, the fucking farm guy in Napoleon Dynamite where he, like, pats down his chest pocket twice <laughs> and he's like, can't find, my wa- can't find my checkbook. Hope you don't mind a pay and change. <laughs> just, like, completely- some Down by the creek, I found some Shoshone yeah. arrowheads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's like the God. chief, the chief uh, officer of the park. <laughs> that was the the best movie of two thousand four, right there. Oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> people talk a lot about cringe. Vote for Pedro and whatever, but the fucking farm men. Yeah, the farm men and and Uncle Rico were the stars of the show. They were the stars of the show. Not enough credit given to Uncle Rico. <laughs> In my yeah. IMO. All right. Yeah. Um, next we have... Uh, okay. Missing kids are the most heartbreaking. Doesn't matter what circumstances they go missing under. It's never easy, and we always, always dread the ones we find deceased. It's not common, but it does happen. David Paulides talks a lot about kids' SAR teams finding places they shouldn't be or couldn't be. I can honestly say I've heard about this kind of thing happening more than I have seen. 
uh, more than I've seen it, but I'll share one of the ones that I think about a lot that I witnessed personally. Uh, a mother and her three kids were out for a picnic in an area of the park that has a small lake. One is six, one is five, and the other is about three. She's watching them all really closely, and according to her, she never lets them out of her sight at any time. She never saw anyone else in the area either, which is important. Uh, she packs their stuff up, and they start to head back to the parking area. Now, this lake is only about two miles into the woods, and it's on a very clearly established trail. It's almost impossible to get lost getting from the parking area to it, unless you're deliberately going off the path like an imbecile. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> you imbecile, you fucking moron. <laughs> just benevolent, just benevolently calling the 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 child who died an imbecile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no respect to this dead child. Fuck them kids. Uh, <laughs> Michael Jackson. Uh, My, uh, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um. Uh. Her kids are uh, walking in front of her when she hears what sounds like someone coming up the path. Okay, I have to start reading that sentence again. Her kids are walking in front of her when she hears what sounds like someone coming up the path behind her. She turns around, and in the four or so seconds she's not looking, her five-year-old son vanishes. These kids are extremely fast in this in this universe. <laughs> Kid just she figures no he's, clips. He's... <laughs> Yeah, like, it's the, the thing that happens in Skyrim sometimes where you just shoot up straight into the sky and never come back. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> what, are, what are you doing here? <laughs> He's tying his shoe in heaven now. <laughs> uh, okay. She figures he stepped off the trail to pee or something, and she asks her other two where he went. They both tell her that a big man with a scary face came out of the woods next to them, took the kid's hand, and led him into the trees. Fourth in fucked four up guy. seconds. In four <laughs> Four fucking seconds. Okay. The two remaining kids don't seem upset. In fact, she says later it seems like they've been drugged. They're sort of spacey and fuzzy. So, of course, she freaks out, started, starts looking frantically in the area for her kid. She's screaming his name, and she says at one point she thinks she heard him answer her. Now, obviously, she can't go blindly running into the woods. She's got the other two kids, so she calls the police, and they send us out immediately. Okay. So, the police... Get in okay. touch with the SAR people. Yeah. Okay, so he's not a cop confirmed. The cops are bad at this, apparently. <laughs> so they have to pawn it off on these guys. They're bad at they're bad at woods. They're sometimes bad at you're woods. just they're just sometimes you're just bad at being around trees. Yeah. It happens. Cops cops um, are cops are water type <laughs> and they can't go out into into the grass type woods famously. Yeah. Yep. Super effective. Um <laughs> We respond and we start the search for him. Over the course of this search, which spans miles, we can never find a single trace of the kid. Canines, again, canines, <laughs> can't pick up any scent. We don't find any clothing or broken bushes or literally anything that would signify a child being there. Uh, of course, there's suspicion about the mother for a while, but it's pretty clear that she's completely destroyed by the whole thing. We look for this kid for weeks with a lot of volunteer help, but eventually the search peters out and we have to move on. The volunteers keep searching, though, and one day we get a call on the radio letting us know that a body has been found and needs to be recovered. They tell us the location and none of us can believe it. We figure it has to be a different kid, but we go out there about 15 miles from the site where he vanished, and sure enough, we find the body of the kid we've been looking for. I've been trying to figure out how this kid got where he did ever since we found him, and I've never come up with an answer. A volunteer just happened to be in the area because he figured he might as well look in places no one else would think to on the off chance the body had been dumped. 
Uh, he comes to the base of a tall, rocky slope, and halfway up, he sees something. He looks through his binoculars, and sure enough, it's the body of a little boy stuffed in a little opening in the rock. He recognizes the color of the kid's shirt, so he knows right away it's the missing boy. Uh, that's when he calls it in, and we're dispatched. It took us almost an hour to get his body down, and none of us could believe what we were seeing. Not only was this kid 15 miles from where he'd started, there was no possible way he could have gotten up there on his own. This slope is treacherous, and it's hard even for us with our climbing gear. A five-year-old boy had no way of getting up there of that, I'm certain. Not only that, but the kid doesn't have a scratch on him. His shoes are gone, but his feet aren't damaged or dirty. So it wasn't as if an animal dragged him up there. And from what we can tell, he hasn't been dead that long. He'd been out there over a month by that point, and it looked like he'd been only dead for at most a day or two. This whole thing was unbelievably strange, and it was one of the most disconcerting calls I'd ever been on. We found out later that the coroner determined the kid had died from exposure. He'd frozen to death, probably late at night, two days before we found him. There were no suspects and no answers. To date, it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Now, here's the thing. To me, okay. to me, if I'm going to go into my, my Benedict uh, Sherlockman mind palace... And try to solve crimes. Uh, I'm I'm a bit I'm I wouldn't say I'm like full on a, a true crime asshole, but like I do I am I am interested, and um I've I've been through enough of these I've watched enough uh <laughs> I've watched enough TV and I've listened to enough podcasts and watched enough YouTube to 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 wager a guess that if I came up on this. Um, I would put two and two and two and five and six and three together, and I would say that the volunteer did it. The volunteer <laughs> had the kid for a little while. He, you know, put the kid in this weirdo place, and then he's like, oh, I'm gonna go look where nobody would think to find a kid, and conveniently right. he finds him. Yeah, that's what I would think. I would I would put this volunteer under heavy scrutiny. Um, but I guess the cops didn't do that because the cops, in addition to being bad at forest, are bad at cop. So, um, not that that's a surprise, but... I, I could see the, the Calibri font words flying around your head yeah. as you were, as you held out your hands in front of you through that entire thing. <laughs> Reading but the I, answers I on the, the back of my hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The... <laughs> <laughs> the, the the kid was wearing a North Face jacket, which can only mean that he comes from this state. Yeah, <laughs> he could only have been here. He's got uh, his drool was uh, coming out of his mouth in this direction, and it pulled only this much. And the volunteer, it had, yeah, it the had volunteer this number of Dorito particles in it. <laughs> uh, and then John Sousa starts playing while my the camera is spinning around me. Um, Good show. Good show. One of my first jobs as a trainee was a search op for a four-year-old kid that had gotten separated from his mom. These fucking moms, man. This was one of these. <laughs> this was one of those cases where we knew we were going to find him because the dogs were on a strong scent trail, and we saw clear signs that he was in the area. We ended up finding him in a berry patch about half a mile from where he'd been last seen. Kid wasn't even aware that he'd wandered that far. One of the vets. One of the vets brought him back, which I was glad for because I'm not. I'm really not good with kids, and I find it hard to talk to them and keep them company. As my trainer and I are headed back, she decides to take me on a detour to show me one of the hot spots where we tend to find missing people. It's a natural dip in the land near a popular trail, and people will usually move downhill because it's easier. 
We hike out there. It's a few miles away, and we get there in about an hour or so. As we're walking around the area, and she's pointing pa- pointing out places she's found people in the past. Pointing out places she's found people in the past. Good fucking god, dude. Okay. I see something in the distance. Now, this area we're in is about eight miles from the main parking area, though there's back roads you can take to get closer if you don't want to hike that far. But we're on state-protected land, which means there can't be any kind of commercial or residential development out here. The most you'll ever see is a fire tower or makeshift shelter that homeless people think they can get away with it. Think they can get away with building. I actually found the the woods that I was talking about at the beginning. Um, yeah. We went out there one time, me and, me and one of my friends, and we found, like, this big, like... It must have been, like, it had to have been six feet down and maybe maybe three feet across and, like, six or seven feet wide. Just this, like, perfectly carved rectangle, like, dug into the ground. And it had, like, a, uh, I don't remember if it was, like, a blanket or, like, a tarp or something, but it had something like that covering, like, half of it. And if you look down, there were, like chip bags and all this shit in there and it had like <laughs> you know how like showers sometimes will have like a seat built into it yeah it had like one of those just like carved into the side into like one of the corners like somebody was living in this hole in the woods that you was know, you know it's the genius sometimes <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the 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 whole life calls out to you, and you just got to take it. The whole life. <laughs> I'm out here living my whole life. Born in a forest, raised in the dirt, <laughs> sucking and fucking is slurp my gert. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I've seen that that guy who uh, does like. Uh, the long, quiet videos of him, like, building a mud hut doing this <laughs> yeah. exact same thing. The, oh the video usually cuts before he starts filling the shit bags, though. <laughs> he doesn't that's, even, that's, he does- that's his Patreon bonus content. <laughs> he doesn't need to bring a shit bag. He just moves from mud hut to mud hut as he fills them with shit. <laughs> yeah, that's the environmentally friendly way to do it. It's fertilizer. But I can see from here that whatever this thing is has straight edges, and if there's one thing you learn quickly, it's that nature rarely makes straight lines. I point it out, but she doesn't say anything. She just hangs back and lets me wander over and check it out. I get within about 20 feet of it, and all the hair on the back of my neck stands up. It's a staircase! In the middle of the fucking woods! Yes! Let's fucking go! In the proper context, it would literally be the most benign thing ever. It's just a normal staircase with beige carpet and about 10 steps tall. But instead of being in a house, where it obviously should be, it's out here in the middle of the woods. The sides aren't carpeted, obviously, and I can see the wood it's made of. It's almost like a video game glitch, where the house has failed to load completely and the stairs are the only thing visible. I stand there and it's like my brain is working overtime to try and make sense of what I'm seeing. My trainer comes and stands next to me, and she just stands there casually, looking at it as as if it's the least interesting thing in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I ask her what the fuck this thing is doing here, and she just chuckles. Get used to it, rookie. You're gonna see a lot of them. I start to move closer, but she grabs my arm. Hard. I wouldn't do that, she says. Her voice is casual, but her grip is tight, and I just stand there looking at her. You're gonna see them all the time, but don't go near them. Don't touch them. Don't go up them. Just ignore them. (laughs) This is the exact moment where I would, like, hit escape, save my game, 
uh, hover the little seventh guest uh, skeleton hands cursor <laughs> over it uh, <laughs> and trigger the, the FMV sequence to climb up the stairs to see yeah. what happens. <laughs> yeah. This I can hear I can hear my CD-ROM drive kicking into into high gear trying to load this. It's the the CPU is extremely warm. <laughs> when you when you tell somebody to ignore something, that's you're you're just saying to them this is so regular. This yeah. is normal. It's, There's going to be some kind of cool slider puzzle at the top that you have to figure out. Yeah, it's normal. You'll open a different part of the island. <laughs> If you run up it fast enough, you can use it as a ramp. <laughs> and then you can shoot directly up into the sky. Um, I start to ask her about it, but something in the way she's looking at me tells me that it's best if I don't. We end up moving on, and the subject doesn't come up again for the rest of my training. She was right, though. I'd say about every fifth call I go on, I end up running across a set of stairs. Sometimes they're relatively close to the path, maybe within two or three miles. Sometimes they're 20, 30 miles out, literally in the middle of nowhere. And I only find them during the broadest searches or training weekends. They're usually in good condition, but sometimes it looks like they've been out there for miles. All, all different kinds, all different sizes. I think he meant to say years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the biggest I ever saw looked like they came out of a turn-of-the-century mansion, and they were at least 10 feet wide, with steps leading up at least 15 or 20 feet. I've tried talking about it with people, but they just give me the same response my trainer did. It's normal. <laughs> it's regular. It is simply normal. Don't worry about it. They're not a big deal, but don't go close to them or up them. When trainees ask about it now, I give them the same response. I don't really know what else to tell them. I'm really hoping someday I get a better answer, but it hasn't happened yet. You, you go out into the woods. You see the stairs from that one scene in Titanic. <laughs> 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 where he kisses Rose's hand, and you start walking up them and realize Leonardo DiCaprio is not waiting for you. <laughs> and you nod. Yeah. You begin smiling serenely, and you, you tell walk yourself past this it. is normal. This is normal. And it becomes a part of you. Yep. Just like a, a new pair of underwear. At first, it's constrictive, but after <laughs> a while, it becomes, it becomes a part of, a part of, of you. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We are all uh, saying this. Yeah. We all love Garth Algar here. We love Garth Algar here. <laughs> uh, this is uh, another one that was less spooky and more sad. A young man went missing late in winter when realistically no one should be going that far out onto the trails. We close a lot of them, but some remain open year round unless there's a shitload of snow. We did an op for him, but we had about six feet of snow on the ground. It was an unusually heavy snow year, and we knew it wasn't likely that we'd find him until spring when the thaw came. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, okay. Sure enough, when the big thaw came, a hiker reported a body a little ways off the main trail. We found him at the base of a tree in a pile of melted snow. I knew right away what had happened, and it scared the living shit out of me. Most of you who ski or snowboard or spend any amount of time on a mountain will probably have guessed too. When snow falls, it doesn't collect as thick in the areas beneath the branches. It happens most with fir trees because they have a sort of closed umbrella shape. So what you end up with is a space around the base of a tree that's filled with a mixture of loose, powdery snow, air, and branches. They're called tree wells, and they're not immediately obvious if you don't know what you're looking for. We put up signs in the welcome center, big ones, letting people know how dangerous they are. 
But every year that we get an unusual amount of snow, at least one person doesn't read them or doesn't take the warning seriously, and we find out about it in spring. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, my, my best guess is that this young man was hiking and got tired, or maybe a cramp, from walking in the deep snow. He went to go sit at the base of the tree, not knowing that there was a tree well, and fell in. He got stuck with his feet up, and the surrounding snow caved in around him. Unable to free himself, he suffocated. It's called snow immersion suffocation. Look it up. And it doesn't usually <laughs> happen except in really deep snow. Uh, but if you get stuck in a weird position like this guy did, even six feet of snow can be lethal. What scared me the most was imagining how he must have struggled. Upside down in the freezing cold, he didn't die quickly. The snow would have formed a dense, heavy pile on top of him, and it would have been literally impossible to get out. As it got harder to breathe, he would have known what was happening. I can't even imagine what he was thinking in his last moments. That fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. This one, see, this one, this bit, some of these chunks, like, this one, this one feels very, um, this one, this one rings true to me. Yeah. Um, like, there's just so, so much, like, I don't want to call it jargon, but just, like, terminology uh, yeah, this is like a bit of flavor to lend the, you know, the more out there parts a little bit more credence. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's a shitty way to go. It's, it, it reminds me of like, were you, when you were a kid, ever scared of getting in like the ball pit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, I, I, I think, I think the biggest ball pit I ever went to was, uh, the, the local pizza place arcade with the uh, the animatronic robots, ours was called Circus Pizza. <laughs> the, they were, I think, affiliated with Showbiz Pizza. Eventually, they became uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Um, but yeah, they had an enormous ball pit, and I'm sure it was absolutely filthy. And <laughs> I feel like I didn't really feel comfortable getting in there until I was maybe eight or nine, just because it was. <laughs> It, when I got in there, it went up to probably my shoulders before then. Oh, yeah. I fucking... I was... I was very... I'm a, I'm still very small. So, when I was a child, I was even smaller. And uh, I, I'm also, like... Even now, I'm, like, a little bit claustrophobic. So, oh, yeah. being in the ball pit was very stressful. It, like, <laughs> especially when I was, like, with my cousins who fucking, like, loved, loved owning my ass constantly. <laughs> They would, like, dunk me into the balls. <laughs> it was bad, and that's what this reminds me of. Yeah, I never, I never like, got stuck in the ball pit, but I did once uh, get lost in the tube maze. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, fuck a tube maze. God. Yeah. We have, we have a really, really huge one here uh, at a McDonald's, like, right off the interstate, and uh, uh -huh. I've been in that one many, many times. Uh... Very cramped. Very. Yeah, I, I, I had to get a. I had to get a bigger kid to lead me out. <laughs> I need a bodyguard. Yeah. For the tunnel maze. I needed. Tube I maze. needed a tube. A tube sherpa. A tube sherpa. <laughs> <laughs> Putting out a call on Fiverr for somebody to act as my tube sherpa. <laughs> Christ. Uh, okay. A lot of my less outdoorsy friends want to know if I've ever seen the Goat Man while I've been out on calls. Now, where... I don't remember where the Goat Man... Gat Man. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Goat... Goatman. 
Maryland. Goatman. Well, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Goat Goatman may refer to Goatman parentheses Kentucky, also known as the Pope Lick Monster. Yeah. <laughs> Goatman parentheses Maryland, and Goatman parentheses Texas. So we have a number of Goatmen to choose from here. Several Goatmen. I wonder. I gotta wonder. One of them is it, Jim Brewer. One of them is Jim Brewer. <laughs> <laughs> That was Goat Boy. Yeah, that was Goat Boy, yes. Goat Boy. But that yeah. was that was the 90s, so he's probably Goat Man by now. Good point. You got me there. <laughs> <laughs> now does Goat Man count as a fucked up guy? I I think we have to read further in order to figure out if he's fucked up or not. That's true. He he cuz Goat Man could be fucked up or he could be exactly as God intended him. He is yeah, he, simply he, he as He could God be made just him. like a funny a funny Mr. Tumnus. Yeah, like a funny Mr. Tumnus. <laughs> He's just a buddy. Uh, give me just a second. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, unfortunately, or I guess fortunately, I've never had anything quite like that happen. I guess the closest was the whole black-eyed man thing, but I didn't see anything. However, there was one call where I had something kind of similar happen, but I'm not sure I'm willing to chalk it up to the goat man. We'd gotten a report that an older woman had fainted along one of the trails and needed assistance getting back down to the main area. We hike up to where she's at, and her husband is just beside himself. He runs, well, I guess more jogs to us, and tells us that he was a little ways off the trail looking at something when his wife starts screaming behind him. He runs back to her, and she's passed out on the trail. We get her on a backboard, and as we're getting her down to the welcome center, she comes to and starts screaming again. I calm her down and ask her what happened. I can't remember verbatim what she said, but essentially what happened was this. She'd been waiting for her husband when she started hearing this really strange sound. She said it sounded sort of like a cat, but it was off somehow, and she couldn't quite figure out why. She went a little ahead to try and hear it better, and it sounded like it was coming closer. She said the closer it got, the more uneasy she was, until she finally figured out what was wrong. I don't... I do remember this next part, because it was so weird that I don't think I could ever forget it if I tried. It wasn't a cat. It was a man saying the word meow over and over. Just meow, meow, meow. (laughs) (laughs) Just a guy standing off to the side of the path, just going meow. (laughs) Meow. (laughs) Meow, 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 meow. Catboy detected. Security alerted. Catboy detected. (laughs) The the call comes out on the walkie-talkies all over the park. Oh, we got a catboy situation here. That's that is when they send here? out the canines. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need the dogman here to chase the goat or to chase the cat boy up the tree. <laughs> the goat catman. Goat catman. <laughs> First name goat, last name catman. Uh. <laughs> Which is how somebody from Boston would say Cartman. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. To, have you fucking have you seen the video of this guy's cat like? where the sound is removed every time he meows, and it's just replaced with, like, the guy saying, Hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I've seen that. It's It's like, it's called, like, Cat Has Deepest Meow Ever. Oh, no, that's a different one. Hold on. Um, Because the the deep meow, I've seen that one, but this one's something different. Uh, Cat saying, hold on, Cat saying, Hey. Cause the, the deep meow video has like half a dislike bar on YouTube <laughs> because it's misleading. Yeah, half meow <laughs> meow. Yeah, no, this one. Uh, here, I'll pop this in here, and you, you can watch this at some point. But um, yeah, it's me and me and Fallon just will say this to each other. <laughs> I 
It's pretty good. <laughs> but this is what I'm picturing. Hey. 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 <laughs> hey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the same. I think it's the same footage. No, it's yeah. not. I don't know. Whatever. Similar idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same shit. Anyway, um, just meow, meow, meow. But it wasn't a man. It it could have been, but I because I've never heard a man make his voice buzz like that. I thought my hearing aid was going out, but it wasn't. I adjusted it, and it still sounded all buzzy. It was awful. I feel like I should be. Should I be doing a, like a grandma voice for this? I should be doing a grandma <laughs> voice for this. It wasn't a cat. It was a man saying the word meow over and over, just meow, meow, meow. But it wasn't a man. I couldn't have been, cause I've never heard a man make his voice buzz like that. I thought my hearing aid was going out, but it wasn't. I adjusted it, and it still sounded all buzzy. It was awful. He was coming closer, but I couldn't see him. And the closer he got, the more scared I was. And the last thing I remember was a shape coming out of the trees. I guess that's when I fainted. <laughs> now, obviously, I'm a little perplexed as to why a guy would be out in the fucking woods chanting meow meow at people. <laughs> Don't you judge a man for his hobbies. <laughs> Sometimes that's just how the woods are. <laughs> the woods simply be like that. The woods make a cat boy out of us all. Uh, <laughs> so once we get down the mountain, I tell my superior that I'm going to go search the area to see if I can find anything. He gives me the go-ahead, and I grab a radio and hike back to where she fainted. I don't see anyone, so I keep going about a mile more, and when I and I when I head back, I go off the trail <laughs> to see if I can figure out where she saw him coming from. It's almost sunset by this point, and I don't have any desire to be out at night alone, so I just sort of write it off and make a mental note to check it out again tomorrow. But as I'm headed back, I start to hear something in the distance. I stop, and I call out for anyone in the immediate area to identify themselves. The sound didn't come closer or get louder, but it sounded exactly like a man saying, meow, meow, in this really odd monotone. <laughs> as comical as it makes it sound... <laughs> Speaking of South Park, it was almost like that guy on South Park with the electrolarynx, Ned. <laughs> meow. I love this. <laughs> this place is this place is exactly the time period of this of this pasta for me. <laughs> this is exactly this is targeted at me. Yeah. This is also this is exactly the type of person who would stand off to the side of a woods path and <laughs> just say meow. Yeah. I go off the <laughs> Meow. <laughs> I go off the trail in the direction I think it's coming from, but I never seem to get closer. It's almost like it's coming from all directions. Eventually, it just sort of fades out, and I ended up going back to the Welcome Center. I didn't get any further reports like that, and even though I went back to that area, I never heard that exact sound again. I suppose it could have been some stupid kid out there fucking with people, but even I have to admit it was weird. Yeah, sure, yeah. it sure was. Fuck, dude, it sure was. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would say that's a fucked up guy. I think it's just a guy. Yeah, that's just that's that that's a funny guy is what I'll yeah. say. Yeah. It's a funny it's a funny South Park humor guy. <laughs> funny South Park humor guy. <laughs> uh do you want to finish it up? Yeah. So this kind of turned into a massive wall of text, and for that I apologize. I wanted to get to the stories my friend told me, and he does have some good ones, so I'll post those tomorrow evening. I also have a few more of my own I think you guys will like. I'm sorry to keep you all in suspense again. Hopefully the stories here make up for it and help you get through the next 24 hours until I can post again. 
Edit. Since it seems like all of you would like to hear, hear more, tomorrow I'll write up as many stories as I can and do a massive post. I'll include my friend's stories, and I'll see if I can't get a hold of a few more people who might have interesting things to talk about. I just wasn't sure how people felt about big, huge walls of text, but if you're all okay with it, I'll post lots of stories. Don't threaten me with a good time. Uh, I'm looking at a I'm looking at a comment here from uh, Coffee Loop Reddit user Coffee Loop who says I've been searching and seem to come up with nothing like OP describes. It makes me want to go looking in the forest now. I hope Ned doesn't <laughs> meow at me while I'm out there. <laughs> <laughs> of course uh, you do. Of that's course the we reason. All do. That's the reason every one of those people who died was actually out there in the woods. <laughs> they were all looking for Ned. <laughs> 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 they were looking for Catboy Ned Gerblansky. If you could meet a famous cartoon character just by going out into the woods and possibly risking falling into a tree well. <laughs> Would you rather fall into a tree well or meet Ned South Park meowing at you in the woods? <laughs> I don't know if I would do it for Ned South Park, but maybe for like, maybe for like Barney Gumble. Barney Gumble, <laughs> meowing at you or not meowing at you? Just being Barney. Just hey, you found me out in the woods. <laughs> I, I wow, think I'd have that's to, really impressive. I think I'd have to take days. Barney meowing. Who? who <laughs> <laughs> if I'm faced with the possibility of running into Cat Boy Barney Gumble. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I to say no? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you want to? You want to do? Uh, get through part three. Yeah, I think we could do part three. Let's do it. Let's fucking go for it. All, All right. right. We are doing. We are on a part three. Let's fucking go. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, once again, you guys have blown me away with your staggering amount of responses to my stories. There's no way I can respond to each of you individually, so I'm just going to address some common things again and then move on to the stories. I'm going to write as many as I can think of in addition to my friend's stories, and I will probably not update again until I get a chance to answer some questions that I have myself that I myself have for my superiors. Alright, so the common questions I found you all had. Uh, do you want to take this or do you want me to keep going? Uh, you can keep going. Okay. Uh, I am not comfortable talking about where exactly I work, unfortunately. In all reality, some of the things I've mentioned here could get me in a lot of trouble or fired, so it's best if I just don't discuss too much. I will say that I'm in the United States and in an area that is comprised of a great deal of wilderness. We're talking hundreds of miles of thick forest with a mountain range and a few lakes. <clears throat> so, once again, Kentucky, Maryland, or Texas, I'm doing process <laughs> of elimination because I just gotta know. Yeah. I'm immersed in the world. Uh, do you want me to finish this, this, this bulleted list? And then we'll... Yeah. All right, yeah. Uh... There is still a great amount of interest in the stairs, and luckily for you guys, my friend has a story that I think you'll all be very interested in. I'll go into that more at the end of this update. As for oh whether God, I can't yeah. wait. Oh, I'm, 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 I am, <laughs> Love those stairs. I am practically nutting. As for whether or not I have ever thought of asking my superiors about them, I have, but again, I don't want to risk my job. However, one of my former superiors no longer works as an SAR officer, and it's possible that he may be willing to talk to me about it. I'll be speaking to him later in the week, and I will let you all know what comes of that. As far as advice on becoming an SAR officer goes, I think the best advice I can give is to contact your local Forest Service office and see if they offer training courses. 
and see if they offer and training courses or what the qualifications are. I've been doing this for years, and I started out as a volunteer helping on SAR operations. It's a great job despite the occasional tragic situations, and I wouldn't want to do anything else. Just having a just just a a, a fella having a good time in the woods. Yep. Yep. Um. <laughs> this this you can edit this out, but I just suddenly remembered uh, because we've been talking about stairs so much. Um, that meme of, uh, it, it's like a blurry photo of somebody's grandma on a stair lift and <laughs> it's like sending her down into like the darkened, uh, lower floor <laughs> <laughs> and the captions are always something like sending grandma to hell or like yeah. goodbye grandma. <laughs> sending grandma into tree hill. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, all right. All right, let's move on to the stories. Uh, the first happened on a case that I went out on right after I got out of training and was still pretty new to everything. Before I took this job, I was a volunteer, so I had a basic idea of what to expect. But on those calls, you're mostly dealing with finding lost people after vets have found signs of them. As an SAR officer, you go out for all kinds of cases from animal bites to heart attacks. This case got called in early in the morning from a young couple who were up on one of the trails that goes by the lake. The husband was completely hysterical and we couldn't figure out, we couldn't really figure out what was going on. We could hear the woman screaming in the background and he was begging us to come up there right away. When we get there, we see him holding his wife and she's got something in her arms. She's screaming these awful, almost animal like screams and he's sobbing. He sees us and he screams at us to come help them to please get an ambulance, an ambulance up there. Now, obviously, we can't drive an ambulance up the walking path, so we ask him if his wife needs help or if she can walk on her own. He's still hysterical, but he manages to tell us that it's not his wife that needs help. I go over while one of the vets tries to calm him down, and I ask the wife what's going on. She's rocking, holding something, and just shrieking over and over. I crouch down and see that whatever she's holding is covered, it's covering her with blood. That's when I notice the sling on her front and my heart sinks. I ask her to tell me what's going on, and I sort of pry her arms gently open so I can see what she's holding. It's her baby, obviously dead. His mm. head is caved in on one side, and he's covered in scratches. Now, I've seen dead bodies before, but something about this whole situation hits me hard. I have to hit a second to, I have to take a second to compose myself, and I get up and go get one of the other vets who's standing by. I tell him that it's a dead kid, and he sort of pats my shoulder and tells me he'll deal with it. It took us over an hour to get this woman to let us see her kid. Every time we try to take him from her, she flips out and tells us we can't have him, that he'll be okay if we just leave her alone and let her help him. But eventually one of the vets manages to calm her down and she gives us the body. We took it back to the med area, but when the EMTs showed up, she, they told us that there was never any hope of saving the kid. He died instantly from the trauma to his head. I was good buddies with one of the nurses who met them at the hospital, and she told me later what had happened. Turns out the couple had been walking with the baby in the sling, and they stopped because the kid was fussing. The dad takes the kid and is holding him, looking out over this little gully by the path. The mom comes to stand next to him, but she ends up stepping on a loose patch of soil, and she trips. She falls into the dad, who drops the kid, who ends up falling about 20 feet down this little gully onto the rocks at the bottom. The dad climbed down and recovered the kid, but he'd fallen right on his head and was dead by the time he got there. The baby was only about 15 months old. It was a total freak accident, a series of events that coalesced into the worst possible outcome. Probably one of the more awful calls I've been on. Yeah, not great. Oh, jeez. That one's fucking rough. Yeah, this is this is one of those ones where this is obviously like the 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 genre of creepy pasta where it's literally just to upset you and not to be scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is like <sighs> 
they're used pretty effectively uh, yeah. because it's like th- it, there's nothing supernatural about it and it's it's woven in with these other ones that are like what the fuck is going on um yeah, yeah and and it you know putting them kind of all on that level um it just it's it's like we were talking about earlier just it amps up the um the credibility of it yeah there's yeah. like there's a horror thing in a lot of like movies where it before anything like uh kind of supernatural or otherworldly happens like the main characters will have some sort of like normal tragic uh thing happen yeah um and it'll just kind of be the thing that puts them on that that's already put them on edge yeah uh, before any of the weird shit starts happening yeah yeah i've seen midsummer um (laughs) yeah uh, all right yeah I haven't seen a lot of animal bites in my time as an SAR officer, mostly because there aren't that many animals that come around the area. While there are bears in the area, they tend to stay pretty far away from people, and sightings are highly unusual. Most of the animals you'll see are small ones, like coyotes, raccoons, or skunks. What we do see frequently, are, though, are moose. And let me tell you, <laughs> moose are nasty fuckers. <laughs> it's moose time, baby. It is moose time. It's fucking moose season. They'll chase after anything for any reason, and God help you if you get in between a female and his baby. One of the more amusing calls was of a guy who'd gotten chased down by an absolutely massive male moose and was stuck up a tree. That took us almost an hour to get him down, and when he was finally on solid ground again, he looks at me and says, God damn, them fuckers is big up close. I guess that's not really a scary story, but we still laugh about that one. (laughs) Yeah, this is just a nice bit of levity after the last thing. Oh, yeah. Like, the thing is, moose are big, and not enough people say or know this. <laughs> not enough people are saying moose big. <laughs> like, Size I, go up. I, I feel like it was maybe sometime in the last couple of years I saw like a picture of a moose crossing the road in front of an oh, yeah. SUV, and mm-hmm. it's like twice the size of the SUV. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, moose big. Yeah. More they, and more people are saying big boys. Right. boy uh now this this one's really fucking long and you took you took the last one which was also long yeah um, do you want me to take this one or do you want to like trade off halfway through or yeah you can start and maybe we can you can uh you can hand it over popcorn it over to me when right. you get tired <laughs> all right i'll popcorn it over um okay I honestly don't know how I'd forgotten this story, but it is by far the scariest thing that's happened to me. I guess maybe I've tried so long to forget about it that it just didn't come to mind right right away. As someone who spends literally all of their time in the woods, you don't ever want to let yourself get scared of being alone or out in the middle of nowhere. That's why when you have experiences like this, you tend to just forget about them and move on. This is, to date, the only thing that's ever made me really seriously consider if this job is the right one for me. I really don't- I don't really like talking about it much, but I'll do the best I can to remember it all. As I recall, this took place right at the end of spring. It was a typical lost child call. A four-year-old girl had wandered away from her family's campsite and had been missing for about two hours. Her parents were completely despondent and told- and told us what most parents do. My kid would never wander away, she's so good about staying close, she's never done anything like this. We assure the parents that we'll do everything we can to find her, and we spread out in a standard search formation. I was partnered with one of my good buddies, and we were sort of casually holding conversation while we hiked. I know it sounds callous, but you do sort of become desensitized when you've done this long enough. It becomes the norm, and I think to a certain extent you have to learn to desensitize yourself in order to work this job. We search for a good two hours, going well beyond where we think she'd be, and we come out of a small valley when something makes us both stop in unison. We freeze and look at each other, and there's almost a sensation like a plane depressurizing. 
My ears pop, and I have this odd sensation of having dropped about ten feet. I start to ask my buddy if he felt that, but before I can, we hear the loudest sound I've ever heard in my life. It's almost like a freight train passing directly by us, but it's coming from every direction at once, including above and below us. He screams something to me, but I can't hear him over the deafening roar. Understandably freaked out, we look all around us, trying to find the source of the sound, but neither of us sees anything. Of course, my first thought is a landslide, but we're not near any cliffs, and even if we were, it would have hit us by now. <clears throat> the sound goes on and on, and we're trying to yell to each other, but even standing close together, we can't hear anything but this sound. Then, as suddenly as it starts, it stops, like someone threw a switch and cut it off. We stand there for a second, perfectly still, and slowly the normal sounds of the woods come back. He asked me what the fuck just happened, but I just kind of shrug, and we stand there looking at each other for a minute. I get on the radio and ask if anyone else just heard the end of the fucking world, but no one else hears it, <laughs> and even though we're all within shouting distance of each other. My buddy and I just sort of shrug it off and keep going. It's... they experience the shooting right directly up into the sky glitch. Yeah. Yeah. Like, th this, this one... Uh... As far as the non-stairs-related stuff goes, which, of course, is my favorite part of this, mm -hmm. um, th this one, I think, was my favorite when I was reading over this before we started recording. Mm -hmm. Just because this this one loud noise piece of it, um, like, it doesn't necessarily have anything directly to do what happens next, but yeah. it is one of those things where it's like, obviously, there's some sort of, like, supernatural thing happening and this may or may not be related uh in terms of causality yeah yeah uh sorry um i'm gonna i think uh let me take a look yeah i think i'm gonna hand it off to you all right um it's popcorn time about an hour later we all check up on the radios and no one's found the little girl most of the time we won't search when it gets dark but because we don't have any kind of lead on her a few of us decide to keep going including me and my buddy we keep close together and we're calling out for her every couple minutes uh at this point i'm not i'm hoping beyond hope that we find her because while i may not like kids the idea of them being all uh, out all alone in the dark is awful the woods can be intimidating to kids in the daylight at night well it's a whole different beast there's like 10 more cat boys that you can find out at night. <laughs> There's 12 discreet Seth Rogen suits. <laughs> oh, you, you, if you collect all 12 cat boys, you win the prize. <laughs> you win you win Seth Rogen himself. <laughs> uh, but we're not seeing any signs of her or getting any responses, and around midnight we decide to turn around and head back to the rendezvous point. We're about halfway back when my buddy stops and shines his light to the right of us into a really thick deadfall, in, into a really thick deadfall or group of dead trees. I ask him if he's heard a response, but he just tells me to be quiet a second and listen. I do, and in the distance I can hear what sounds like a kid crying. We both call the girl's name and listen for any kind of response, but it's just this really faint crying. We head in the direction of this deadfall and go around it, calling her name over and over. As we get closer to the crying, I start getting this weird feeling in my gut, and I tell my buddy that something isn't right. He tells me he feels the same way, but we can't figure out what it is. We stop where we are and call the girl's name again. At the same time, we both figure it out. The crying is on a loop. 
It's the same little hitching sob, then wail, then quiet hiccup, repeated over and over. It's exactly the same every time, and without saying another word, we both take off running. It's the only time I've ever lost my composure like that, but something about it was so incredibly wrong, and neither of us wanted to stay out there anymore. When we got back to the rendezvous, we asked if anyone else had heard anything strange, but no one else knew what we were talking about. I know it sounds sort of anticlimactic, but that call fucked me up for a long time. As for the little girl, we never found a trace of her. We keep an eye out for her and all the other people who have never found who we've never found but frankly i doubt we'll ever find anything another thing i like about this one is that like you know it's like you said like the two things that happen here aren't necessarily directly correlated you know yeah. this this big weird sound and the the depressurization and then like you know this weird loop sound uh but like thematically i guess they're kind of connected because they both have to do with like some kind of audio phenomenon which i think is yeah. pretty cool so, uh, good. It's almost good like, yeah, it's almost like some sort of dimensional rifts or something happened yeah. and, uh, created some sort of like sound mirage, uh, yeah. that they both can hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's cool. Mm hmm. I think, you know what? Might have found a good creepypasta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Of the missing person's calls I've gone out on, only a handful have ever resulted in a complete disappearance, meaning no trace of the person and no body ever found. But sometimes, finding a body just leads to more questions than answers. Here are some of the bodies we've found that have become infamous in our team. A teenage boy whose remains were recovered almost a year after he vanished. We found the top of his skull, two finger bones, and his camera almost 40 miles from where he was seen. This camera, sadly, was destroyed. The pelvis of an older man who had vanished a month earlier. That was all we found. Just dick in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> dick and ass sticking up out of the leaf. <laughs> you know how sometimes you just find an old pelvis? <laughs> you ever find an old man's pelvis? I hate when that happens. The lower jaw and right foot of a two-year-old boy on the highest peak of a ridge in the southern part of the park. The body of a 10-year-old girl with Down syndrome, almost 20 miles from where she'd vanished. She had died of exposure three weeks after going missing, and all of her clothes were intact except for her shoes and jacket. There were berries and cooked meat in her stomach when they did the autopsy. The coroner said it appeared as if someone had been taking care of her. There were no suspects ever identified. The frozen body of a one-year-old baby, found a week after vanishing in the, hollow trunk, in the hollow trunk of a tree 10 miles from the area he was last seen. There was fresh milk found in his stomach, but his tongue was gone. Ugh! Yeah. Some of this, some yeah. of this is starting to get into like the v v v vitch the the <laughs> type of type of thing. A v v v v v vitch. Yeah. Yeah. A single vertebra and right kneecap of a three-year-old girl found in the snow, almost twenty miles from the campground her family had been at the previous summer. Uh, There's a lot of like stray bones happening in this section. Sometimes all you find is bone. Yeah, just one. Just one. Just the one bone. <laughs> Who's to say that they didn't have just the one bone inside of them when they disappeared? The the old man's pelvis wanted to live deliciously, and so... <laughs> and so it escaped from his body and followed Black Phillip into the woods. <laughs> I hate when my bones make decisions for themselves. <laughs> In business for himself. Honestly. Yeah, um, that's something you should probably see a chiropractor for. <laughs> <laughs> that's what chiropractors are here for. Yeah. Yep. 
All right. Um, now on to a couple of the stories my friend told me. I mentioned that you were all interested in the stairs, and you're in luck. He's had a closer encounter with them. Yeah, baby. Let's uh, go. Though, though he doesn't have any explanation for them, he does have a bit more experience with them than I do. <clears throat> all right. So this is the stairs one. Yeah. Um, my buddy has been an SAR officer. This is another. This is another really long one. So I'll probably hand it off to you halfway okay. in between, like we did. Yeah, soon. Uh, my buddy has been an SAR officer for about seven years. He started when he was a junior in college, and he had a very similar experience when he first encountered the stairs. His trainer told him almost the same thing mine did, which was to never go near, touch, or ascend them. For the first year, he did just that, but apparently his curiosity got the better of him, and on one call, he broke away from the line and went to go check a set of them out. He said they were about 10 miles from the path where a teenage girl had vanished and the dogs were following a scent. He was on his own, lagging behind the main group, when he, when he saw a set of stairs off to his left. They looked like they were from a new house, because the carpeting was pristine and white. He said that, as he got closer, he didn't feel any different or hear any weird noises. He was expecting something to happen, like bleeding from his ears or collapsing, but he got right up next to them and didn't feel anything. The only thing he said that was odd was that there was absolutely no debris on the steps. No dirt, leaves, dust, anything. And there didn't appear to be any signs of animal or insect activity in the immediate area, which he found strange. It was less like things were avoiding them, and more like they just happened to be in a relatively barren part of the forest. He touched the stairs and didn't feel anything except that sort of sticky feeling you get from new carpet. Making sure his radio was on, he slowly climbed the stairs. He said it was terrifying because the way they'd been stigmatized, he wasn't really sure what was going to happen to him. All right, I'll hand the rest over to you. All right, yeah, they've just got somebody out there vacuuming them. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> they hired Molly Maid, and she, they came out. Uh, Dude, okay. that's what that's what the loud noise was. It was somebody yeah. turning on a shop vac. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was me renting the carpet shampooer from Kroger, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get it to work. All right. Uh, he joked that half of him expected to be teleported to some other dimension, and the other half was watching for a UFO to come swooping down. But he got to the top with little event, and stood there looking around. But, he said, the longer he stood on the top step, the more he felt like he was doing something very, very wrong. He described it as the feeling you'd get if you were in a part of a government building you have no business being in. As if someone was going to come and arrest you or shoot you in the back of the head at any second. He tried to brush it off, but the feeling got stronger and stronger, and that's when he realized that he couldn't hear anything anymore. The sounds of the forest were gone, and he couldn't hear his own breathing. It was like some kind of weird, awful tinnitus, but more oppressive. He climbed back down and rejoined the search, and didn't mention what he'd done. But, he said, the weirdest part came after. His trainer was waiting back at the welcome center after the search ended for the day, and he cornered my buddy before he could leave. He said his trainer had this look of intense anger, and he asked what was wrong. You went up then, didn't you? Ben drowned voice. <laughs> Uh, my buddy said it wasn't a. <laughs> my buddy said it wasn't phrased as a question. He asked how his trainer knew. The trainer just shook his head. Because we didn't find her, the dogs lost her scent. <laughs> we gotta go, Ben. We gotta go full, Ben. Uh, <laughs> my buddy asked what that had to do with anything. The trainer asked how long he'd been on the stairs, and my buddy said no more than a minute. The trainer gave him this really awful, almost dead-eyed look and told him that if he ever went up another set of stairs again, he'd be fired immediately. <laughs> just in general, not not just the ones in the woods. <laughs> Damn, guess I'm just living down here now. Yeah, can only that... live in Ramblers now. <laughs> Speaking of stair lifts, would it count if he went up a stair lift? 
If he took an escalator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the woods escalator. The woods escalator. Those are much more benign. Yeah. Uh, the trainer walked away, and I guess he's never answered any of the questions my buddy has asked him about it since. Um, uh, I'll do this. I'll do this intro paragraph, and then if you want to take this this big chunk, it's 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 big, All but right. it's not as big as the last ones. <clears throat> my buddy has been involved in a lot of missing persons cases where there's never been a trace of them found. I mentioned David Paulides, and my buddy said that he can f- confirm that those stories are, for the most part, accurate. He said that most of the time, if the person isn't found right away, they're either never found or they're found weeks, months, or years later in places they can't possibly have gotten to. One story he told me really stood out that involved a, fi- a five-year-old boy with a severe mental disability. The little boy vanished from a picnic area in the late fall. In addition to the mental disability, he was also physically handicapped, and his parents explained over and over that he simply could not have vanished. It was impossible. Someone had to have taken him. My buddy said they searched for this kid for weeks, going miles out of the accepted range, but it was like he'd never been there. The dogs couldn't pick up his scent anywhere, not even in the picnic area where he'd apparently vanished from. Suspicion fell on the parents, but it was pretty clear that they were devastated and hadn't done anything sinister to their kid. The search was concluded about a month later, and my buddy said everyone had pretty much forgotten about it by later in the winter. He was out on a training op in the snow on one of the higher peaks when he came across something in the snow. He said he saw it from far away at first, and when he got closer, he realized it was a shirt, frozen and sticking partway out of the powder. He recognized it as belonging to the kid because it had a distinctive pattern. About 20 yards away, he found the kid's body, laying partially buried in the snow. My buddy said there was no way the kid had been dead for any more than a few days, even though he'd been missing for almost three months. The kid was curled around something, and when my buddy brushed off the snow to see what it was, he said he almost couldn't believe what he was seeing. It was a big chunk of ice that had been carved crudely to look like so- to look sort of like a person. The kid was holding it so tight that it had frostbitten his chest and hands, which my buddy could tell even with the decay that had taken place. He radioed the rest of the crew, and they took the body off the mountain. Now, he recapped all of this for me, and to put it simply, there was... No way this kid have could have both survived for almost three months on his own or have gotten to this peak. There was no physical way this child could have walked almost 50 miles and ended up on the top of a goddamn mountain. To top it off, there was nothing in the kid's stomach or colon, nothing, not even water. It was like my buddy said, the kid had been taken off the face of the earth, put in suspended animation, and dropped on this mountain months later, only to die of exposure. He's never really gotten over that one. Yeah, I mean, that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. The case of the teleporting kid. The <laughs> case of teleport boy. Uh, <laughs> teleport boy with ice friend. Yeah. Um, Do you, every every once in a while, you go back and <laughs> retweet the, the CNN tweet from uh, the parents of teleport boy, who <laughs> it later turned out to be a hoax. <laughs> he was just sitting up in his attic the whole time. <laughs> Damn. Another hoax. It's media. Um, The last story I'll share from him was one that took place relatively recently, only a few months ago. They were out doing a recon for mountain lions because there had been several reports of sightings in the last couple of days. One of our jobs is to scout the areas where these animals are seen to ensure that if they are in the area, we can warn people and close off those trails. He was out on his own in a very heavily forested part of the park toward dusk when he heard what sounded like a woman screaming in the distance. 
Now, as most of you know, when a mountain lion screams, it sounds almost like it sounds almost exactly like a woman being brutally murdered. It's unsettling, but far from abnormal. My buddy radioed back and lets Ops know that he'd heard one, and that he was going to keep going to see if he could figure out where its territory started. He heard the mountain lion scream a couple more times, always from the same spot, and determined the approximate area of the mountain lion's territory. He was about to head back when he heard another scream, this time within only a few yards of him. Of course he freaks out and starts heading back at a much faster pace, because the last thing he wants to run- The last thing he wants is to run into a goddamn mountain lion and get mauled to death. We are all- Yeah. (laughs) As he got back on the path and started heading back, the screaming followed him and he broke into a jog. When he was- Oh god. When he was about a mile from Ops, the screaming stopped and he turned around to see if it was following him. It was almost night by this point, but he said in the distance, just before the path rounded a corner, he could see what looked like a male figure. He called out to them, warning them that the paths were closed and that he needed to come back to the welcome center. The figure just stood there, and my buddy started to walk over. When he was about ten yards away, the figure took, as he described, an and impossibly long step toward him and let out the same scream my buddy had been hearing. My buddy didn't even say anything. He just turned and sprinted back to Ops, never looking behind him. By the time he got back, the screaming had moved back into the woods. He didn't mention it to anyone else, just said that there was a mountain lion in the area and that they would need to close those paths until an an- until the animal could be located and moved. Mountain lion big steppy. Mountain lion big steppy. That's that's kind of the that's kind of the summary of this one. Um Mountain lion I, big steppy. Yeah. Um it's a male figure who sounds like a mountain lion does a big steppy and you never look back and see him again. And then you report that it's, then you just report that it's a mountain lion and not mountain lion guy, big steppy. (laughs) Yeah. Report that it's not, you're, you're not reporting that it's fucked up mountain lion guy. Yeah. Unless you're, unless you're telling it for the purposes of posting it on Reddit. Yeah. Which we all do. (laughs) We will all in, in 2021, we will all post on Reddit. A big steppy is how you get the upvotes. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what brings them in. Um, do you want to just take this one last little tiny bit? Yeah. Yeah. You you also get the uh, the silver award. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> th- this is the one I think that got it the silver award, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to end this entry here since it's turned into a huge wall of text. I'm going to be heading out on a yearly training op tomorrow morning, so I'll be gone until early next week. I'll be meeting with a lot of former trainers and buddies who work in other areas of the park, and I'll be asking around about any stories they'd like to share. I'm so glad you guys have been interested in my stories, and once I'm back from this op, I'll continue to share them. Thanks, guy. (laughs) Given all the shit that's happened to this person, they sure love to post. (laughs) They love to post. They have an awful lot of time to post. (laughs) <laughs> amid doing all of these searches yeah <clears throat> and, and they, they, incredibly detailed posting too oh yeah like the kind of thing that you probably wouldn't remember this much detail if you're just gonna hop on reddit real quick who's to say uh, right, you, you're saying that like right as I, I'm just scrolling through the comments and I just uh, landed on one from somebody whose reddit username is guy who complains which <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate. I like it. Uh, all of these are like these are glowing reviews. Uh, Reddit user Rice on my socks says, "I'm like a friggin' dog waiting by the door for these stories." 
Yeah. F- friggin' dog, Lois. Jeez, Lois. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's Scott Pilgrim ordering the package from Amazon.ca and immediately waiting by the door for it to come. <laughs> uh... Reddit user DickSmash underscore Ironcock says, That last one rustled my jimmies. Now I know why this is called No Sleep, Frowny Face. Really love these posts. By far the most chilling accounts. The the No Steppy one was the one that uh, that rustled the, the jimmies the most. Yeah. What Did what I say, did I say No more? Steppy or did I say Big Steppy? I'm not big sure. Big Steppy. Big Steppy. Okay. <laughs> please Big Steppy. Please Big Steppy. Please Steppy. Please Steppy. Uh, I don't know. Oh, God. We have so many fucking please no steppy license plates around here. Do you? We. One thing you gotta know about Virginia is that (laughs) it costs. So, like, okay, I don't know if you've picked up on this, but, like, half the time when you see. More than half. uh, When you see a picture of somebody's funny vanity plate, it's a Virginia plate. Yeah. And it's because Virginia, in Virginia, it costs $10 a year to have a vanity plate. It's <laughs> unbelievably fucking cheap. If you can afford to have a car, you can afford to have a vanity plate. <laughs> so anybody can have them. And like, when you do it, it's like negligible. Like when you sign up for the vanity plate, it's like negligibly more to get, uh, you know, to choose which license plate you want. And the Puis No Steppy ones are like among the most common ones. <laughs> <laughs> so people get the please no steppy plates all of the fucking time. And oh god, what was the one we saw the other day? Oh fuck, we saw one that was just horrendous the other day and I don't remember what it was. <laughs> <sighs> I just remember we were in the car and we saw it and then I made I made a bunch of jokes about the please no steppy snake <laughs> being a unisex bathroom. <laughs> oh yeah, it's because it said unisex. <laughs> it's uni on one side of the snake and sex on the other. <laughs> All right, good. It's good. Um, <laughs> that's the, the most the most impressive vanity plates that I usually see here are ones that are like this is a common word, so this person has obviously had it for like twenty years. <laughs> like I I was driving behind a person maybe a year ago, and mm-hmm. their vanity plate was just the word hockey. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like I found I, I felt like I was with a minor celebrity that day, especially <laughs> given given how, how Minnesota feels about hockey. I was gonna say that's the god of hockey. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> my uncle my uncle had a vanity plate on his motorcycle in the seventies and it said eat it. <laughs> <laughs> that's really just, good. Just fucking incredible. Um <laughs> uh Let's get into some questions. We had some questions. Yeah. Um, let me go over to Mr. Questions. Uh, anytime we do Nightmare and Era, if you have questions to ask, you can send them to at Nightmare and Era, followed by an underscore. Uh, and I will go ahead and see what we got here. So, uh, first off, and I actually we actually got two questions asking basically the same exact thing. Uh, yeah. One from one from Matt of the network, Matt, um, and one from uh, Twitter user at Gosh Darn Rabbit, who both ask, do you have stairs in your house? I don't. Uh, 
I do. Um, and they go down to uh, a basement, which is where I uh, keep all of my board games. Ooh. Yeah. But my, my, my wife and I mostly asked for board games for our wedding gifts. <laughs> that fucking <laughs> And rules. so uh, that, that one day in 2017, we about doubled our collection. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yes. Yeah. We, uh, I actually, we, so we just moved last weekend and we're in a first floor apartment for the first time since 2013. Um, and I gotta tell you, um... We were, we spent the last, you know, the last since 2013, first we were in an apartment on the third floor, and that had no elevator, and then the last place was just on the second floor, so it was just one flight, but it's still one flight more than we have right now, (laughs) Um, and I gotta tell you, it's really nice, it's really nice not having to try to grab all of the groceries in one go and make one trip upstairs. Yeah. It's nice being able to just go right out there. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, I don't want to go back. Um <laughs> That's that's when you have to move into one of those old mansions with like a dumb waiter. Yeah. <laughs> God. So you can you can lift your wonder bread up to the uh to the ice box on the third floor. The ice box. <laughs> God, when we lived in the place on the third floor, we were like we got to, because, like, not only were we on the third floor, the the staircase was, like, extremely narrow. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, and... Uh, no chance we, of getting half your furniture up there. Oh, yeah, no. And also, the parking lot was, like, on the complete opposite side of the building. So we would have to, like, go around this big curve and then go up this huge flight of stairs. And that fucking sucked ass. And I never want to go back to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very fucking bad. Uh, but we would joke all the time about, like, setting up, like, rigging our own, like, pulley system just to be able to, like, bring our groceries up. Where, like, one of us would go run up ahead and, like, throw down a rope <laughs> to the first floor <laughs> and try to get it to work like that. We never actually did it. Yeah. It could have been good. Um, But, uh, yeah. Next question from Jasmine Marsh at Pidmon, who asks, Olden days, go to woods, see a mushroom that looks like a hand, think it's a hidden corpse. Nowadays, go to woods, see remains of burnt down building, <laughs> shit pants. I'd be doing this. <laughs> yeah, not really a question, but I agree. Yeah, <laughs> not a question, <laughs> but yeah. All right, uh, next is <sighs> Janos again. Add it, add it a fucking again <laughs> at Janos Kapovari. Says, where does this story rank compared to other famous stairs mishaps? Parentheses, <laughs> sweet bro and hella Jeff, funny jiggy. <laughs> All right, so which one is which one is Funny Jiggy? I think that's one that I'm missing. Uh, Funny Jiggy is uh, uh, some some Moto Zushi shit. Uh, okay, yeah there there is a character we call him Jiggy because his initials spell basically that. Um, and he it, one of his main characteristics is that there have been two incidents that happened to him that involve him getting kicked down a staircase. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's just fucking. This is Sparta down a down a staircase. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It happened to him twice, and he's he's very mad about it. Um. Uh, I, there's there's not too much in the ter- in terms of like at least up to the part that we read. There's not too much in the way of actual stairs mishaps here. Yeah, uh, they're mostly just 
this is a thing that's not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So I'd say in terms of famous stairs mishaps, this one's close to the bottom, but in terms of stairs stories, it's 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 pretty good. Yeah. I will say, um, if we take the entire I mean if we if we think of it this way, we could say that the stairs being in the woods, parentheses famously not where stairs are supposed to be. <laughs> I feel like that in and of itself is a bit of a mishap. True, yeah. Yeah. Kind somebody, of, kind of, somebody should have got fired for that blunder. <clears throat> yeah, whoever's running the multiverses, I think, <laughs> uh, has some explaining to do. Yeah, it's one of those uh, those old uh, pictures from the days of I Can Has Cheeseburger, where the caption was always like, uh, God, I'm reporting a bug in the physics engine. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, funny cheeseburger. Okay, um, next up is from Twitter user at Dishmage. If each of you were to find a set of stairs alone in the woods personally tailored to make you want to climb them, what would mm. they look like and what spooky consequence would happen then uh, if you I'm, would happen if you climb them, I'm guessing is what it means. Yeah. For um, for me, for me, I think the the tempting stairs would have something like they would be a little bit uh, kind of low resolution and look like they're maybe from like an old CD-ROM game, like Myst. Uh, <laughs> and there'd be like some some atmospheric MIDI music playing in the background <laughs> as you get closer to them, just because you know that there's there's something that that, that there's something you you're gonna want to interact with up at the top of those. Oh fuck yeah! Um, I think mine mine would be. I really like the aesthetics of spiral staircases. I think they look neat. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I think mine would be a cool spiral staircase. Um, I think what would draw me to it, other than it just being a cool spiral and me wanting to go up, me wanting to go up curly, um, <laughs> curlyly, uh, there would be a lot of Banui at the feet of it. Um, oh, just yeah. kind of an area where they, they gather. And because you know, if they hang out around it, that's a place where you want to be as well. You want to be where the fucking Banui is. <laughs> Am I wrong? I think the higher you go on it, hmm, what spooky consequence? You, what's a spooky Roy thing? That's the you- question. As you go up it, you get smaller and smaller, and then there's a really deep ball pit at the top. I don't know if you just, Fallon just yelled across <laughs> the- <laughs> and, and fucking owned me for being double-jointed. Because I said, what's a creepy Roy thing? And that's all they heard. It's so scary to watch. <laughs> it's normal! <laughs> Fuck you! It's normal! It's how my bones go. I love you so much for it, but it's so crazy to watch. <laughs> I, I see now. I now I need to stretch. I when I I didn't even know oh, this was there like she goes. there she goes. I didn't even know this was weird <laughs> until like I started teaching. But like my brother's the same way. We're both like double jointed, and I can yeah. stretch my arms really back uh, or real back really far. Um, and I do it whenever I you know need to stretch my arms back. And they go kind of completely back behind me, and Fallon is owning me for it, and saying that it's weird and creepy. Hey, listen. No. Don't be self-conscious about it. It's just a crazy thing that you can do. Why is it crazy? Because it would be torture on a person who wouldn't be double-jointed. 
Like literal torture. That's, you- why, that's why it's a special Roy thing. Inflict <laughs> on other people and make them torture this thing that you do. It's my very own normal. That's the Roy special right there. It's the Roy special. Sorry, I really. If that was rude, I'm really rude. If it wasn't rude, you're fine. <laughs> See, Fallon doesn't need to be a guest on an episode of Nightmare and Era because they'll always be in the background. <laughs> You're my bear. We talked a lot about bears today. Bears. We did. Bears. Yeah, there were bear men. Dub bears. <laughs> Dub bears. bears. <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess I guess the higher you go up on the Roy staircase, the like your arms just start going backwards. Um. <laughs> Uh, you start windmilling. Um, uh, next question is from PR at PR the Disaster, friend of the show. Which stairs in the woods would tempt slash scare you more? One going straight up or one going straight down? Also, would this story be better or worse replacing it with an escalator? (laughs) (laughs) So, for me, uh, like, in the woods, stairs going straight down would indicate that there was, like, a building there, right? Yeah. And this is, like, a leftover cellar. Like, I I had a friend who lived in a a farmhouse, like, possibly the oldest house in town. It Uh was built in, like, the 1850s, and it had one of those cellars that you enter from outside under a big wooden flappy door. (laughs) Yeah, the, the hide from a tornado door. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And uh yeah, that that was the staircase I never wanted to go down, even though all that was down there was like their lawnmower. Um <laughs> <laughs> So I think down would scare me more and up would tempt me more. Okay, that's And valid. as far as as far as the escalators go, I, I think that uh the story would be I, I think the story would be differently interesting, but not necessarily better or worse with escalators instead of stairs. Yeah. Um, personally, um, I would be a little bit more tempted by the, the downward staircase only because, uh, those are easier to go down and I'm lazy. (laughs) Um, it's more legwork to go up. Um, that's true. (laughs) Uh, uh, I don't think the stairs, or I think I think replacing the stairs with escalators would be that would test the the constraints of believability a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I do think it would be interesting to see like just one of these staircases that they run into is an escalator. Yeah, like su- it, it surprise turns into an escalator when they like step onto it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it looks like stairs until you until it starts moving. Yeah, and then you get to the top of it, and the the stairs just like shift down, and then you slide down it completely. Um, super fun happy slide. Super fun happy slide. Uh, next up, at Antigone Progony asks. What do you think is the scariest way to go up or down? I'm tied between <laughs> elevator and rope ladder. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a little hmm. bit scared of elevators. Elevators yeah. make me a little bit uncomfortable. I, like I said, I'm a little bit claustrophobic. Um, right. I have seen I have seen the film Gremlins Two, um, where there's a scary elevator scene. Um, mm-hmm. Rope ladder. I'm fine with a rope ladder. 
I don't want to climb the rope in gym class. <laughs> I was never able to do that. No, me either. Oh yeah, no. Um, I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with rope, gym rope. Yeah. Yeah. You told That's me to the do that. Way to go out. up and down. It is. It's just the truth. Uh, as uh, as I, like not not all elevators to me are scary, but I've been in a couple scary ones. Um, <laughs> one was the. Uh, the original 1930s elevator that was in my high school that had, like, the grate that you had to pull shut behind you. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> and uh, then another one was the uh, the little, like, cylinder elevator that um, is in the gateway arch in St. Louis. Oh, That God. brings you up to the top. Jesus. Yeah. Nah. No, you, you basically get in there. You you get in there. You sit in a little tube on a bench. You wait. You wait with no visual stimulus to get to the top. I think I will not. <laughs> no, I don't think I will. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one sucked a little bit. Yeah. Cool view though. Yeah. Uh. I know there's an elevator that I've been in that I've always said is, like, the scariest elevator, but I can't remember what it is right now, and all I can think of, I'm just, like, my memory is being blocked by the, like, public elevator that we have at my library that I work at that just, like, smells like kitty litter. <laughs> That's the scariest thing about it. Perfectly fine yeah. elevator, smells like cat pee. Um, next up, from Sean at Antitractionist asks... Would you rather fall down a set of haunted stairs in the woods where nobody can see and bruise your tailbone, or fall down a non-haunted staircase, injury-free, in front of everybody you know? <laughs> uh, I feel like, you know, now that I'm in my now that I'm in my thirties, uh, uh -huh. take, taking an injury-free tumble downstairs is something that I'll take when I can get it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm too old to fall down a flight of stairs and get injured. Yeah, like I yeah. fell down. The last time I really fell down a flight of stairs and hurt myself, I was a teen. And the <laughs> worst that I did was sprain my wrist. <laughs> but now I would definitely, de something would definitely get broken. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't trust myself on a flight of stairs these days. I plus I feel like you know if if everybody I know sees sees me fall down a staircase and they see that I get up and I'm like okay I'm all right I'm all right and she's okay they'll you know yeah. we'll have a nice laugh about it yeah you can't lose you can't lose uh and finally last but not least Sue at Sue makes art asks. What's your favorite thing to find in the woods? I like to see a mushroom or perhaps a big fern. <laughs> Moss also smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> Was it is it Sue that had the moss blog on Tumblr? I don't so, know. Somebody that I know does. I like that. Yeah. I do like to find Just moss. Moss aesthetic. Um <laughs> yeah. I I'm trying to think now. Um I feel like my favorite thing to find in the woods is, like, uh, some sort of gentle living creature that I can, like, exchange a meaningful glance with at a distance. Banui. Yeah. Absolutely. A, a, a Banui or a deer or something of that nature. Yeah! We love it. I, yeah. I'm a big fan of... I like to find, like, a perfectly shaped acorn 
I like to find <laughs> a really handsome leaf. Um, yeah. I I like to find... I like to go for, like, we have a lot of parks around here, and I like to go to the parks and go for a walk sometimes when it's not fucking freezing out. <clears throat> and I am always on the lookout for holes in trees. I th I don't know why I really like to find holes in trees. I just think they're very cool. Um, I would be much more easily suckered into going inside of a tree hole than I would up or down a staircase. Yeah. I, I, I'm always looking for tree holes because I always think that somebody will have, like, left something in them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just feel like that's going to happen and someday I'm going to find something really cool. Uh, hasn't happened yet. 32 years strong. Never found anything cool. <laughs> um, you, there's always that, like, that urban legend that's, you know, back from the, the like, 60s and 70s of the porno log. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You, you you reach into a tree hole and you find like uh, some miraculously unweathered like copy of Playboy. <laughs> I <laughs> some of my friends when I was in high school, like the I I say friends, but like there were like some dudes who like sat near me in lunch, and sometimes I like entered into a conversation with them. Um, I like overheard them talking about like. Basically, they had gotten suckered by the porn porno log myth. Yeah. And they went out to where the alleged porno log was. <laughs> and, like, they actually found some stuff, but it wasn't porn. It was, like, like a homeless guy's food stash or something. And they were talking about... <laughs> they, used, they distinctly used the phrase brick of ice cream. And <laughs> that's some shit I remember. I won't yeah. remember a brick of ice cream. Like, unmelted... Yeah, <laughs> Le legendary porno logs was the original geocaching. <laughs> That's uh, where's the app for uh, for porno log finding? <laughs> yeah, how do I enter that into my TomTom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to go you have to go 30 to 40 miles out into the woods though. And <laughs> go up a trail that no person without, like, expensive climbing gear can get up. <laughs> you have to know exactly how to do it. You have to You have to be qualified. You have to go through certification. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a o tough only, one. Only experienced hikers with impeccable porn taste are allowed yeah. on this mountain. <laughs> <laughs> what was that fucking website, uh, or not website, the app, um, uh, I'm blanking on what it was called, where, like, some people used it, and, and it just, like, sends them to... It sends you to random locations, and some kids found a dead body, two dead bodies in it. This was very recently. <laughs> I know that that happened with Pokemon Go once. Yeah. This was... What the fuck is it called? God damn it. This is gonna bother me. Now I have to find out what it is. <laughs> I'm completely... It's on the tip of my tongue. It's one of these things. Yeah. Son of a bitch. If I if I were if I were six years younger, I would know this off the top of my head immediately. <laughs> but I'm 32 and my brain has slowed. Yeah, to nothing. we're we're not designed to remember apps. <laughs> I couldn't possibly remember an app at this juncture. <laughs> Let's see, dead body geocaching <laughs> app. Uh, Teens find body in suitcase on beach while using random. 
Randonautica. That's it. That's it. Randonautica. Okay. Yeah. There you go. It had an N in it prominently. So I wasn't completely wrong. Yeah. You will never catch me being wrong on my podcast. <laughs> I will never there's, do this. There's gonna be Randonautica creepypasta at some point. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Randonautica. Hold on. Rando. God damn it. If I can type Nautica. <laughs> <clears throat> creepy creepy pusset Jesus Christ my crazy twisted randonautica experience okay hell yes <laughs> my beautiful dark twisted randonautica experience <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh it's a video I'm not watching all that uh, <laughs> also known as lost in the world lost in the world <laughs> <laughs> uh, alright that's that's what we got. Um, we're over Let's two see what hours. We got. Yeah, it's, you know. Um, so um, before we say good night and goodbye and all of that shit, um, I have a Patreon. It's on Patreon, patreoncom slash Roy. Um, I have tiers. You can get shit. Um, I hit my fifty dollar goal. Hopefully, I'm gonna start streaming weekly now that my move is like. Almost done. Oh, um, hell yeah. Hell yeah. $150 monthly goal. I'm going to start an SCP podcast. Get in on it. Um, also, I'm hosted on noisepace.xyz, home of some podcasts, um, such as Mr. Tuning Fork. Yeah. Which you were on. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Yeah. Tuning uh, Fork I, is uh, a show that I do with uh, Noise Space Overlord Bat. <laughs> where we talk about uh, Pitchfork reviews and uh, how bad they are. And, yeah, and also the Pitchfork. associated albums and how good slash bad they are. <laughs> Fuck yes. Um, uh, another podcast that is on the Noise Space Network is the other podcast that I do with Fallon, who came in here and yelled a few times, uh, called Podcasting is Forbidden in the Collab Recesses, where we talk about Chinese media property, Modao Zushi, featuring Funny Jiggy. Uh, funny Jiggy Stairs moments. Um, <laughs> Which, thanks to you, I have watched probably about half of the show um, yeah. at this point. Um, obviously, I'm very behind where you are in the podcast at this point, but I'll <laughs> I'll catch up eventually. It'll happen. It'll happen. Um, I'm not a Roy. Uh, I'm on Twitter at underscore Banui underscore. Um, I also have a website, RoyHub.Card.Co, where you can see all the other whatever shit I do. Um... David, where can we find you at? Uh, you can listen to Tuning Fork. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Dave's with three V's, like a funny Waves landlord reference. Um, <laughs> Dave of <-a> <laughs> Yeah, three V's. Um, and uh, I also make music. Uh, I make chiptunes as Spinning Voices. So you can find that at spinningvoices.bandcamp.com. And uh, Roy actually did the artwork for my most recent album. So Hell check yes. that shit out. It's good shit. We love to do it. Yeah. Um, I th yeah. So um, that's going to do it. And uh, next time... In two weeks. Uh, hopefully our subject matter will uh, lead everybody here to have a smurfing good time. <laughs> Let's watch this fucking smurf movie. <laughs> God. Can I get a that's a scary meatball in Nedgar Blansky voice? Oh, God. 
No, you I, don't have to do that. You can just, you just do this bad Italian <laughs> accent. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yes. Good night, folks. Semper scary. Semper scary. Bye. Bye. Bye.